0: Welcome to School of Movies. <laughs> the Purge, The Purge 2, Anarchy, and The Purge 3, Election Year.
1: Tonight allows people a release for all the hatred and violence that they keep up inside
2: them. Why don't you guys kill someone tonight?
3: Because we don't feel the need to, Johnny.
1: Just remember all the good the Purge does.
3: We'll be fine, just like always. No worries, okay? This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge. At the Siren, all emergency services will be suspended for 12 hours. Your government thanks you for your participation.
1: Help me! Someone, please, help me! I just
3: need to get someone safe. Does anybody hear me?
1: Why did you let him in our
0: home? We have no idea who's after him. Our target for this year's Purge is hiding in your home. You have one hour to find him and give him to us. Or we'll kill all of you. They can't get in here, right? They can't get into our home.
2: Thing is ever going to be okay
0: again. Tonight we're talking about the first three Purge films. I would say the Purge trilogy, and considering the way the third one ends, it would be a pretty clean close but this is 2016 and considering the history of the various genres and subgenres that the series crosses the close of a trilogy is just the third leg of the journey the way cinema works now they don't close anything out forever and there are so many ways this series can also continue We're going to talk about each in turn, and there will be spoilers for each film as we go. For folks who have never seen any of them, we can recommend two and three. The third will be better if you've seen the second. The second works pretty damn well on its own, so that's your first port of call. However, avoid the first Like the Plague for three reasons. One, it's a different genre to the other two, a home invasion horror rather than a dystopian sci-fi thriller. Two, it lends absolutely nothing to the other two and three it's not very well made at all there's nothing exceptional and all the moments of tension are solved in the exact same way skip it like a rusty tetanus shot if you stick around certain things will be revealed that would otherwise have made two and three more tense so it's actually advisable to go see two it's on netflix uk right now i don't know if it's on the usa lineup but if you don't grab it fast it'll be gone in the morning just like old jack burton Okay, so let's talk the first Purge and get this sucker over with. The Purge. It was written and directed by James DeMonaco, who also wrote and directed the next two, and that surprised me. Sharon's also here, by the way. She's just got her head in her hands. I think she's still absorbing the third one. (laughs) He also wrote Skinwalkers, which I've yet to see. The remake of Assault on Precinct 13, which I've yet to... Oh, no, actually, I think I have seen that, and it's very unappealing. Uh, the Kevin Spacey, Samuel L. Jackson police thriller, The Negotiator, which I really like. And Robin Williams as man-child drama, Jack. So he wrote all of those rather than directed them. It was produced by Blumhouse and Platinum Dunes. Blumhouse have uh, basically been behind most of the jump-scare ghost stories of the past 510 years and Platinum Dunes uh, is Michael Bay's company which uh, is behind most of the crappy remakes of uh, you know 80s 70s horror classics. The original purge cost 3 million and made 89 million and it is sitting currently at 37% on Rotten Tomatoes which means that roughly 1 in 3 people liked it which is actually higher than I would imagine. I've never heard anyone say it's any good. So who are these 1 in 3 people? The first film was released in 2013. It lays down the simple premise that due to one new major change in the way America is run there, unemployment is down to 1% and their economy is thriving. That one change, though, is rather drastic. Every year on March 21st at sundown, The Purge begins, a 12-hour period that lasts until dawn and in which all emergency services are suspended and all crimes, including murder, are legal. The first purge was in 2018. This is an alternate history, the darkest timeline where certain people are elected president. Four years after a total financial collapse, which resulted in the election of the New Founding Fathers. Are they they called the NFF?
2: Uh, NFFA, the New Founding Fathers of America.
0: Yeah, okay.
2: And it sounds clumsy every time anybody says it. The
0: NFFA. (laughs) Yeah, okay. But yeah. It's a clumsy point, but uh, they're right there. The Purge, of course, being this same bunch of shady old white men's brainchild. We join a middle-class white American family, the Sandins, in 2022, the fifth year of The Purge, as they prepare to batten down the hatches. Dad, James, played by Ethan Hawke, who was in Before Sunrise and Before Sunset. And if you like it, boyhood. And Mother Mary, Mother Mary played by Lena Headey, made their money selling home security systems and they converse with their neighbours as the sun goes down. Then the daughter's boyfriend turns up after dark and tries to shoot the father for reasons never explained aside from he can't keep us apart, which is total bullshit. And we can break off, by the way, during these discussions if you want to just jump in with anything. Because mm. the whole boyfriend thing... Just never sat right no, for me. He actually seemed like, uh, at the very beginning when he's chatting with her, he's like, let's growl rather than saying I love you. Because everyone says I love you. And I'm like, oh, this kid's all right. And then he turns out and like, I've got to kill him. But he's not like like going all loopy. He's like, ah, like that. He's just sort of like, I've got to do it. Like he's been paid off by someone or he's got some ulterior motive. But it just appears because he dies and no one ever mentions it again. He just wants to kill her dad for no reason. It's like, okay, I can him. tell you how long your relationship's going to last mm. after this moment, you little twit.
2: Yeah. I, I, It is baffling that he behaves the way he does. You're absolutely right. It seems like the story might be going in one of a couple of directions and then it doesn't do either of them. He's just dispatched yeah. it would make, without ceremony. It would
0: make more sense if there was a bit where uh, Ethan saw him and was really um, like discouraged. like you know, I told you not to come around here, kid. And just da da da, just sort of set that one up, like you know, under those circumstances, you're like oh god, so the boyfriend's gonna kill him. But at least you'd then feel like that made sense, or, or just like have the boyfriend be like slightly vaguely too bad boy, you know, yeah. like like, but or. he's just so like. Bland. Bland and, and nice. Yes. And they're like, oh, watch out for the bland ones, in which case watch out for everyone Everybody. in this film.
2: Um, but the um, it almost would have felt like I was expecting him to have some big purge speech about how, he doesn't even refer to this as being part of his purge, he just seems to want to, like you say, shoot her shoot dad. Her dad for seemingly practical to reasons,
0: together. rather than I just got a purge.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um, and also, you're 18, she looks about 16. I'm assuming part of the issue here is that if you have this relationship, you're committing some sort of federal offence. The brakes are off tonight, mate. You should have just locked the bedroom door.
0: Got down to fucking. <laughs> Instead, he got down to shooting. And uh, Ethan Hawke, who's already twitchy, has is holding a revolver at the time and blasts him, fatally killing him. At this point, a wounded, homeless African-American man staggers around in the street begging for sanctuary. The son lets him in just as the boyfriend, Henry portrayed of a serial killer, makes his attack, wounding Ethan Hawke and getting fatally shot in the process. The daughter ignores her wounded father and drags the obviously psychotic boyfriend into her bedroom in order to cry on him. In the confusion, and because they're all a bunch of white, pampered middle-class fucks with zero social conscience who make their money from the purge, nobody speaks to the homeless man whose name is Dwayne Bishop. Round about this point, you can rationally stop caring about three-quarters of this family, but press on, the plot is apparently happening. A bunch of masked preppies show up and hang around on the front porch, gloating about their interrupted purge, which was Dwayne. He apparently killed one of their number in his escape, and they want what's legally theirs, which is to kill him if they choose. The lead hood, who I'll call Chastasius because they don't bother with names in this film, or the next film, I might add, at an 80-minute running time, There isn't the need, apparently, for names. But speaking of, like, it's over so quickly. This film—they're like they're in such a desperate rush to get this film over. Mm. What they forgot to really do was ratchet up the tension.
4: It just sort of all happens.
0: Oh yeah, it's lacking development. Mm. A point where the characters' values are called into question, truly. Although the a point where characterisation happens. Anyway, Chastasius sneers about their backup team arriving soon to help them break into their house and kill everyone, unless Dwayne is delivered to them to murder. Now, I'll mention at this point, Chastasius should have been masked the whole time. He takes it off straight away, and he's just this smirking white kid, which isn't scary at all. He's just this sort of, please, let us in. We're going to kill you all if you don't. Like that. And it's like, he wouldn't be scary in the mask, but I get that it would be like taking a stab at internet anonymity. But the moment he takes off the mask, it's like, you preppy little fuck. Stiff Breeze blow you over. Anyway, Papa Ethan then fucks around for ages, despite the fact that he has a gun cabinet with a small arsenal in his home. Have y'all seen Tremors? Because he's got half of that gun nuts gun collection in his home. He leaves his daughter, son, and wife entirely unprepared and without a plan, and nobody else thinks of anything because they're all stupid and unimaginative and there isn't time, and despite the Purge being five years old, they're all entirely incapable of defending themselves. That's another thing. The Purge's been around for five years, 364 usable days of the year. How come no one's learned Krav Maga? How come no one has learned to defend themselves? Uh, Everyone gets dived on in this movie and goes, Oh, God, get off me! No! I can't do anything whatsoever to defend myself! I'm just a limp fish! Like, I can understand if this happened to a normal family to which nothing ever happens, but... He and his family sell the security system. I I suppose the point is they're so reliant on the security system that they don't even think about anything else. But that's not even really made a point of the film. And in
2: fact, they make the point that this security system is not foolproof. He admits as much. Sometimes they fail. He knows this. He would have...
0: He says ninety-nine percent of the time like it think. works every time. Yeah,
2: So why can't your daughter bullseye a rat at twelve paces?
0: She but just like there's no reason why ev- like within this purge reality, everyone's not down the fucking shooting range every week. Just on to be on the safe side, or maybe just once a month, just to keep it sharp. And like you know, have a, the gun cabinet locked makes perfect sense. Um, for, for exactly this occasion. But they they all just go completely to pieces. Fact, there's,
2: there's even a bit where um, he sends Charlie, the son, um, mm-hmm. down into the basement and gives him one of the guns to take with him. Um, basically being this is like the, the fallback position. And um, uh, Lena Headey turns around and shouts at him. Why on earth did you give our son a gun? Because there are people in the house that are trying to kill him.
0: Uh, still... Nobody has spoken to Dwayne. They're all just like, oh, there's a black man wandering around. I'm not talking to him. The sun is... They don't
2: even acknowledge him. He no. Just, he slips out of the They
0: song. don't even shout, like, what was it? You know, why are you, like, you know, who are you? Do you have, like, you've got dog tags. That means you're a veteran. Are you able to defend oh, yourself? I don't think Could they
2: you... would even notice that. Could you help
0: us? Probably should have said that. But they don't, because they're all fucks. Um... The sun is actually kind of a good egg and helps Dwayne find a hiding place via use of a remote control tank with a creepy doll attached to it and flashing lights. To like, it, I can't believe I'm making. I'm not a making this up.
2: Baffling thing to be in this film. That's a baffling thing for any parent to let their kid drive around the house. It's a doll with half its face burnt off. It looks horrendous. It's a
0: fucking trip hazard is what it is.
2: Well, that's true.
0: Chastasius breaks in just as Papa Ethan gears himself up to do the right thing, namely wrestling a homeless black man to the. Floor and imploring his weeping wife to stab the black man's bullet wound with a letter opener which she does she then calls a halt to the handover because she has a tiny smidgen of ethics It, 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 it all, because it happens immediately after she's been stabbing him it's almost like she overloads and she's like no, it's ewy. I can't do it. no, just no Um, because this is a poorly structured scenario. Basically, um, she should have been sort of gearing up to do it and having Ethan Hawke shouting at her, do it. And she's like, no, in fact, fucking no. I'm in charge now, you fucking waste of space. Mm, It's Lena Headey. We'd believe it. Mm.
2: You don't draw the line after you've crossed the line. There's no point.
0: Good point. Good point. Um... The Purges wander around the house openly, devoid of personality, and four scenes of attack occur on various family members, each one solved by them squealing like a pig and flailing about uselessly, and someone else showing up behind the attacker and shooting them, like fucking clockwork it's like the first one oh my god get off me and then someone turns up bang 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 and then the, their attacker is dead and then the next time oh my god get off me someone turns up bang 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 and they're dead and it's, just, it's, it's a different person each time with the gun and it's a different scenario each but time exactly but it's just the, the same, same fucking um, you're into a trouble now you're out of trouble they
2: could almost almost I'm not saying they could but they could almost have got away with it if there had been other scenes in between where situations were resolved in different ways but there isn't it is literally every time there's a situation Where it looks like somebody isn't going to be able to get out of it, somebody else turns up behind and shoots the attacker in the head. Every time, and nothing to break up that sequence.
0: Then their neighbours appear. It suddenly goes up a level, and then they shoot the preppy kids in the back. In that, like several of those scenarios are the neighbours, including Chastasius, who has managed to stab Papa Ethan. So, I mean, there's a point where, like, he stabs Papa Ethan, and he's like, oh my god, no! And, like, they are nose to nose, and, like, it, I, I, I would imagine that being stabbed is the most painful thing ever, but if you know that the stabby is then going immediately upstairs to violate and kill the rest of your family wouldn't you at least try to do something? Like, even weakly reaching up to try to get something. Mm. And then he staggers around the house. He's fine. He's he's just walking around. He's, he's you know, okay, he's not exactly fine, but he's still alive after Chastasius.
2: Mm. There's a line in three that made me think of exactly this scene.
0: hmm Anyway, the neighbours, however, despite the fact that they've just saved them, want to purge this whole family because they are... Mm, annoying and smug and made their money for their large house selling security systems to middle class people like their neighbours. That is literally the reason given. Oh, you rub this big house in our face. The neighbours come from a fucking palace over the road. What the fuck are you talking about?
2: Also, it's patently obvious from the very beginning. Your neighbours don't like you. Clearly they're going to try and kill you before the end of this movie. You can see it coming. It's not In any way disguised, really.
0: This is based on a premise uh, of uh, the... I want to say The Strangers. Oh, you know what? I was completely confusing with a completely different film. Funny Games. And the remake of Funny Games by the same director but American. (laughs) Masked people break into a house and torture the family. Also, there's that... Isn't there that um, Nicolas Cage one that's basically a remake of Straw Dogs? With, I want to say, Nicole Kidman.
2: I haven't seen
0: it Uh, all of these home invasion. And we're going to talk to your family films are so tedious to me because they're just basically middle-class white nightmares and there's nothing else to them. The only one that's actually really good is your next because it completely fucking subverts it. Check out your next folks. After you've heard us ranting about the purge, um, one, the only one, which is actually a bad film. Um, check out your next, because it subverts the whole home invasion trope.
2: Mm. Panic Room's not bad.
0: That's about... That's not even about psychological torture. That's a tension um, film where it's, you know... It it
2: comes at it from a completely different
0: angle. Yeah, that's home invasion from a, a, a different angle. And, you know, by the way, speaking of panic rooms, where the fuck are all the panic rooms? In The Purge, there should have been a panic room. If you're selling home security systems, wouldn't you also have an internal security system? Why don't the whole family all go into the panic room and stand back-to-back holding shotguns?
2: For 12 hours. Or,
0: you know, as soon as these fuckers start breaking into their house, take up positions and take them out through the bottleneck of your front doorway
2: rather than let's all spread out and wait for them to get into the house and all go into individual rooms. I'm going to go hide under the bed. Yes.
0: Good thinking. No, Good. you're absolutely
2: right. You don't they've have a gun. Got,
0: go hide under the bed.
2: They've got enough guns there that they could literally have just set up with Lena Headey on one side of the hallway and Ethan Hawke on the other side of the hallway and just shot everybody that came in through that front door.
0: But there's no tactical ability on anyone's part. The point um, is, um, like the way I'm, it sounds irrational and unreasonable what I'm saying, this would become a way of life.
2: It you'd, would you'd be have like a purge night plan.
0: You'd basically have to. Like, you know, people there are real people who have actual zombie plans. And they're not just survival nuts. They're just like, okay, I don't know about you, but I'm heading to Bodium Castle. That was our zombie plan when we lived down south. But actually, if the purge is a real thing and it stretches the realms of plausibility that it could be a real thing and exist for as long as it does. There'd be plans. And the plans wouldn't just be, I'm going to stay inside and hope for the best. Because there needs to be a plan B for if that shit doesn't work.
2: Mm, yeah, You know who would have a, a Purge night plan? Uh, Chaz from the Royal Tenenbaums. You know how he drills his kids for um, yeah. fire escapes yeah. and things? Yeah, he'd do the same, same thing for people In
0: real life, would be dead. <laughs> so anyway, Dwayne shows up and saves the day, obviously. The, uh, the, the, the wounded, homeless black man. Um, who uh, that you know was let in by the tiny bit of kindness from the sun turns out to be a good chap. Of course he does. And how dare you not fucking speak to him, you pathetic waste of space. Um, anyway, Mama Lena, who has found that begging her friends for their lives, oh please don't, didn't do much good but rather than taking revenge makes everyone sit at her table like naughty children until dawn although she does also break the nose of the lead neighbour who has been struggling to murder her family still uh, and that's quite satisfying uh, then it's dawn the sirens go off broop, signifying the end of the purge the neighbours wander off home Dwayne leaves the end it's a shit movie it's fucking terrible it is a waste of your fucking time
2: I'll tell you what happens immediately after this movie as well Lena ahead to house
0: um actually didn't Ethan Hawke die? I nice. don't remember. Oh, he died. Yeah, no, he dies. Oh, okay. I didn't care because I hated him. I, I straight up hated him. Mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot wait for you to die and I hope it's painful. But it wasn't in that kind of like satisfying way. You're still supposed to be on his fucking side, I think. I don't know. It's really difficult to tell with this movie mm-hmm. because I couldn't think of a single person I actually could relate to apart from the poor homeless guy. Anyway. There's nothing else to say about this movie. The
2: who I know you keep calling him Dwayne, but he's never named as Dwayne in, no, in the movie. No, he's never named as Dwayne in the movie. he's
0: never really named as Dwayne in the second movie, I believe. No, no, and it's only the third one where he's actually given a name. Because as it turns out, the one thing that this film does is bring this character forward, and like you know, he's he's barely in the second, and he's barely in the third, but he does have a story. So, if you're like a, a, if you've seen the first two and you're kind of curious about his character, you can go back and watch the first one. It's inexpensive on DVD um, if you want, but I can just tell you right now that you already know the story. Mm-hmm. There's fast nothing through
2: fast forward through all the bits that he's not in.
0: There's nothing to this film apart from uh the synopsis we just gave you with slight uh, um annotations from our perspective on this. There's no artfulness, there's no detail. Mm. The 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 symbolism is so basic and and like stick block stick block, mm. you know, rich white suburban people are creepy, preppies are all up to no good, fuck them. Uh, and I mean, that we sets, should probably be slightly less mean and uh, alienating to uh, homeless black people.
2: It sets up um, the <clears throat> uh, the premise of the purge, but in a very basic way. <clears throat> the, the one thing that has always pissed me off about the, these, even though I, you know, I will talk about what we thought about the second and third shortly. Um, but the one thing that's always wound me up is I don't... Get why I don't get why this would work the way they think it works for as long as get, it goes on. Yeah, I don't get why they would come up with the idea in the first place. I, 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 mean, I get that there's this underlying thing that they're using the purge to eliminate the poor, but there's easier ways.
0: It seems like um, one of the first things that w- would affect uh, the country immediately after the first purge is a mass fucking exodus as every American with a sound mind basically gets on a plane if they can and leaves. It would have to be... Like, they never address this but there would have to be like (coughs) the rest of the world says no, you can't come here.
2: I I have to admit though I did have in the back of my mind that while America has all this going on we're dealing with children of men so we've got our own shit going on.
0: The Reaper's been purging us Mm. instead. So yeah, some... Questions: One, what the fuck is the neighbors' problem? How did they afford their equally large houses? The whole yeah. premise of the film, kind of like it, hangs on the idea that just accept the purge, and then the escalation of the film hangs on the premise that the neighbors resent them and want to kill them because they're smug, and that they, it's something to do with. <clears throat> it, well, as I say, it's something to do with it is explained away way too easily. As oh, you were always rubbing it in our face. Not one of those houses is afforded with money that is do- that is achieved in a proportional manner to the amount of work that mm, those people absolutely. do. Absolutely. And also everybody who's like upper middle class does less work than the amount of money that they actually get. Mm. And that's fine, but this film hates them.
2: Yeah. But the the um, the thing about what the the reason they're pissed off with them because of this house, it's not the house because as you say, they all live in houses which are very similar. It's the fact that they've just built a massive extension on their house, and they're like, "Well, you got the money to pay for that extension by selling us all purge night security systems," which doesn't make any sense because the flip side of that is. They sold you Purge Night security system, which
0: you could afford, and A, you're safer. Which you could
2: afford, and B you're potentially not going to die. Only potentially, because we now know that they're only ninety-nine percent reliable. Um, but Who you else? don't know that.
0: Could you possibly have bought the Purge security systems from? Your logic is <coughs> bullshit. Your plot is bullshit. Your plot is
2: bollocks. Please remove it from my screen. Thank you. The, the, honestly, though, the, the the worst thing about this first movie, and ultimately, you know, the acting is... is first the
0: worst, second the best, third the one with the hairy chest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, the acting is is relatively competent. I mean, ultimately, it's Lena Headey and Ethan Hawke. They, I would say, they do the best they can with what they've got. They no, don't. they don't. They phone they it They fucking in. don't. But the the thing that really, really got me about this is there is absolutely no explanation of motivation for anybody. There's
0: barely even names for most of them. Mm,
2: indeed. Um, and that, I felt, was what it was really, really lacking. You can't <clears throat> set up a premise like this and then not give any of your characters reasons for why they're engaging in it the way they are.
0: Okay, other questions. Is online crime illegal? The <clears throat> This is frightening, by the way. If you check out Newt Gingrich, when he was recently on the news saying, look, you know, if you look out there and crime's going up. It's wild. People aren't safe on the streets. And the newscaster presents him with statistics and says, actually, if you look at it, since 1996, crime has gone exponentially down. Street crime has gone down. People, The streets are now safer than they've ever been. And Newt sort of waves his hand and goes, ah, you know what, I think I'm going to believe what the average American feels. You're going to believe a feeling? And it, she, she says, no, 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 wait, because this is actually proven statistics. And he goes, I don't care about liberal statistics. And she goes, nah, the FBI, this is not a bunch of liberals throwing, like pulling statistics out of their asses. This is actually a non biased Third party who fucking know what they're talking about.
2: Violent crime is down. The economy it's is down ticking the, up. It
0: is not down in the biggest cities.
2: Violent crime, murder rate is down. It how comes Then down. how
3: come it's up in Chicago, up in Baltimore, and up in Washington? There are
2: pockets where cer- certainly we your have nas- not tackled your national capital,
3: your third, your, your third biggest city. But
2: violent crime across the country is down. The
3: average American, I will bet you this morning, does not think crime is down. Does not think they are safer. But it is, we are safer and it is valid. No, that's your view. Your yeah, I, just, I just told
5: no. But what I said is also a fact. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. It's only a fact that that's a feeling people have. This is a graph of the violent crime rate, it's not a fucking Rorschach test. You can't infer anything you like from it. And sure. You can cherry pick recent upticks in some cities, but the overall trend across the country during the Obama presidency, and indeed for the last 25 years, is down. But Newt wasn't done. The current view is that
3: liberals have a whole set of statistics which theoretically may be right, but it's not where human beings are.
2: But what you're saying yeah, is, but, but, uh, but, hold, but hold on, uh, uh, Mr. Speaker, because you're saying liberals use these numbers, they use this sort of sure. magic math. This is uh, the FBI statistics. They're not a liberal organization. No, They're but what I said
3: is equally true. People
4: feel, feel it. more threat. Yes, they feel it, but the facts don't
0: support Fine. it. As a, as a political ca- candidate, I'll go with how people feel, and I'll let you go with the theoreticians. And that right there, folks, is how Brexit was allowed to happen, and if Trump gets in, that's how that happened. People took how they feel, they compared it against the facts they were being told, they ran it through a filter of fear-mongering, and they decided, you know, I think how I feel is rather more important than actual facts. They rejected the views and the quantifiable statistics of experts, and they went with their guts. Well, you know what? Our guts have shit for brains. Here is how it goes, folks. Imagine uh, two line graphs just intersecting, one of them going very, very much down, one of them going very, very much up. Down is street crime, up is cybercrime, because in 1996 there was none, and now there's fucking tons. Um, In this alternate reality, is cybercrime all legal? In this, like, like, basically, are you allowed to hack into some shit and steal all kinds of stuff, and then even if they find out who you are, they can't catch you? Because it was like, if you can't get arrested... For sh- shooting someone on that night, surely you can't get arrested for stealing money on that night.
2: Well, no, this is true. And that was something that we, we see electronically um, relatively little of later on is like looting hmm. and people uh, committing crimes that would leave them slightly better off than they were before. No, everybody seems to go for the, the physical, let's take it out on... People kind of, cry, which is obviously the way they want to angle. It. Yeah, that's, there's sim- there's, they, a there, so. it, there's a huge chunk of symbolism in
0: there, and there's there's social allegory. But the point yeah. is that they're like, don't think about that when you when you're asking about the other crimes.
2: Would you have Would you have to though? <laughs> this has just occurred to me. If you committed a massive online fraud, yeah, right, that you would actually have to take some time planning, yeah. Okay, so technically speaking, they could get you on the conspiracy that you committed before you actually executed the crime. You also would potentially have to present them with date stamped evidence to prove that you executed the crime on Purge Night. Record
0: yourself, stick it up on YouTube. Show, you know, today's date. This is the thing. Purge Night's going on out there. And here is me hacking into the motherfucking Pentagon. (laughs) (laughs) But that never happens. Because of course it's all about the same thing.
2: Probably count as your tenth level.
0: Speaking of, that's the way you take the sequels. Like you know the way it's gone for these three. um, There's a huge gap of years, which you could basically go have all kinds of crimes, which are not malicious in nature, but are about basically a better life for me and mine. You know all kinds of shady heist movies, which with basically you know with these fucking maniacs running around with machetes on the street to spice things up a bit. So, um, an idea. Um, can you use any weapon? Nope. Oh, I know this already. Apparently you're not allowed to use rocket launchers, bazookas, grenades or anything more destructive. Although clearly a helicopter gunship with a fucking minigun is fine in the third one. It's everything They're from grenades upwards class at four. that point. Though. Uh-huh. So,
2: I think that's kind of allowed.
0: E- maybe in the
2: second one they've got that guy in the back of the van with the with
0: the fucking minigun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe miniguns are class three. It's just basically as... Like a a heavy machine gun with a bit of extra oomph.
2: I always assume that when they say class four, they mean like class four explosives. Yes. Which are like... I mean, a a really, really top-end firework is a class four explosive.
0: Okay. That's basically to prevent acts of absolute terrorism, which are then unpunishable. Yeah,
2: don't blow up the White House. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But again that's some shit that you can deal with. This whole, like, you know, how come murder is uh, absolutely fine, but I'm not allowed to commit my act of terrorism. Also, by the way, if you're trying to commit an act of terrorism on Purge Night, there's a kind of a, like... you get drowned out yeah, by everything noise, else that happens. Yeah. Like, no, wait, I was doing this thing over here. Are you not terrified? Yes, we are, but of everything. Well, we've been
5: terrified already. I'm
0: fucking terrified of my neighbours. <coughs> you guys don't even live next door to me. No. Which, again stuff you could handle in later films with a steady hand for mm. god's sake Oof. jesus
2: mm. and michael bay is on this shit
0: yeah that's another thing michael bay with his sort of like you know effectively hero worshipping the military and the government that enables that military to flourish he's kind of shooting his own benefactors
2: i don't know my, my conclusion was he's a better producer than he is a director.
0: And he didn't really think about it, maybe?
2: Maybe, yeah. He just ponies, it, ponies mm. up the money and goes, hey, the multiplier on this is going to be fantastic. I'm out.
0: Speaking of, is financial crime legal? According to the beginning of The Purge 3? Yes, although it's not really reported. There was something about, oh, the founding fathers who are gaming the system on Purge night to line their own pockets. Of course they were. But the thing is, they were also doing that same shit 364 other days. I was a year. just going to
2: say, what about if you file a fraudulent tax return on Purge night? Mm.
0: <laughs> I have the best tax returns. <laughs> I wondered how long before I even invoked his fucking... I'm not going to say his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Okay.
3: Can you step on it? It's getting late. I'm sorry. I'm so anxious. It's just tonight. We're going to be okay. Just like always. No, no. This can't be happening. No one's going to help us
2: tonight. Uh -uh. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge. At the siren, all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 hours. All emergency services will be suspended. Your government thanks you for your participation.
1: Oh my God. remember all the good
0: the purge does let's move on to so far greener pastures the purge 2 anarchy released in 2014 it cost 11 million dollars and made 111 million dollars currently sitting at 56% on rotten tomatoes these are good metrics since you need to make 4 times what you what it cost mm-hmm. 10 times what it cost that's pretty good mm,
2: especially when it costs next to nothing in the first place
0: that's that's basically what Hollywood wants they want triple A blockbusters that cost a lot and make a fuck ton and they want really really cheap horror movies that cost very little and make a fuck ton for a really really cheap horror movie what they end up with unfortunately far too often is triple A blockbusters that make B movie amounts of money back uh, when I say b movie I mean uh-huh. okay. Let's not use the term B movie because that's what these films have become.
2: Non-tentpole movies.
0: Okay, should we say A movies rather than triple A? Gotcha. So basically um th- but there's no real space anymore for blockbusters that aren't aspiring to be the motherfucking Avengers. Mm. Everyone wants that sweet, sweet Avengers dollar. Mm. Uh, unless you've got the... I mean, there were bits of um, this of uh, election year which reminded me of Winter Soldier. And that's saying something for me. The fact that Frank Grillo was in it probably helped. <laughs> anyway, a year after the first film in 2023, dusk is falling and the militant anti-purge resistance movement is beginning its fight back against the purge the only way they know how. By purging... Now I'm going to read the Wikipedia article with some additions of my own here, to be precise. I'm going to, I've taken out as much as I can of the, of the stuff which is unimportant, but also it'll help us remember this film, because we saw it a few weeks ago on Netflix. Um, So in Los Angeles, a working class waitress, Eva Sanchez, returns home to her daughter, Kelly, and her terminally ill father, Rico, who also despises the new founding fathers. Rico slips out to a waiting limousine, leaving a note for his family, revealing that he has sold himself as a purge offering in exchange for $100,000 to be paid to his family the next day. Now, this is one of the most chilling aspects of this second film. Um, It cuts to sort of this horrible white you know, upper class American family, all standing in a praying circle and smiling and wearing crisp clothes and saying, you know, you know, we're going to cleanse ourselves of this. And then it sort of cuts back and this poor, you know, old dad is sitting in a chair and they're like, right, machetes at the ready folks. And then you're like, wow, it's Trump and his family. Cause they look exactly like those motherfuckers. And, That is exactly what the super rich would do. They would not want to go out into the street and deal with the crazies. They would hire someone to come to their house and blithely offer themselves up for sacrifice. Because it's easier to do that than just kidnap someone and be possibly held responsible for that if it's outside of purge hours, for Mm. example. Because if you really want someone there on the night... You can't be doing it during the day because that's all kinds of illegal, so it's, he's got to he or she would have to have arranged to come there with their own accord because you don't want to be running around sweating and getting your nice blazer and your badge all you know covered in blood
1: mm.
0: Ugh. it's it, it is chilling and depressing Yes
2: well no, I was just wondering why they i would they even at all? Would some people who were wealthy just go, you know what, I don't want anything to do with this?
0: I would imagine so. What's your point? Because we only seem to focus on the people who are purging or being purged.
2: Yes. If
0: the Purge film uh, was mostly about the people who hold up in their homes and they live... uh, Mostly safe night and there's a few scares, but it turns out to be cats going through their garbage and a few raccoons and stuff. But apart from that, it's fine. They're like, whew, glad I didn't purge this year. I just don't want that on my conscience. That, as it transpires, is actually the underlying background of America. Most of America actually did exactly that. They don't take to the streets. They don't go fucking people up and chopping their heads off and shooting them. They just hide. Because why would you? If like, the people who go out are absolutely, manifestly, clearly unhinged, what makes me wonder is that they're so unhinged, how the fuck do they go back to being quote unquote normal the next day? After you've purged, how do you go back to your job at the bank? How do you go back to your ski resort or whatever go, oh, wasn't, wasn't it so good this year? We purged, da da da. Some people who are sociopathic enough to be able to do that and go, we got away with it too, yeah. But there would be so much fucking trauma. You know that that woman who in Purge Three, who uh, um, this is just a side thing, who you know she's by the side of her dead husband, going, "Oh God, I killed him!" Oh God, like she's traumatized for life because she basically killed him because she wanted to feel the. She had been told it makes you feel good, you feel cleansed afterwards, and it didn't make me feel good afterwards. Well, of course it didn't. And psychotherapists would be making a sorry killing the other three hundred and sixty-four days a year. The amount of trauma from people who go through... like Basically, a good chunk of the country would be suffering from PTSD. Everybody who wasn't actively out in the street would be under the same conditions as people who are in war zones while bombs are going off around them.
2: So the thing about the purge cutting welfare and um, medical care costs, nah...
0: Because here's the thing, folks, here is the actual message of the Purge. Um, The founding fathers want to trim off the bottom layer of the American population. They get rid of the homeless because the homeless haven't got anywhere to go on Purge night. So they are the easiest to pick off and no one's there to, to miss them um then they get rid of the the lowest of the working class then they get rid of the slightly less low and they've been trimming and trimming and trimming for um 6 years now and uh, basically it's 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 now at the this movie's sympathies clearly lie with the working class being fucked over by the rich and uh, the whole thing is just one, a, a great big scheme to decrease expenses of Medicare and uh, expenses of um, welfare simply because the people who would have been claiming them don't exist anymore. Anyway, married couple Shane and Liz visit a grocery store only to be ambushed by a mass gang of bikers as they drive away to avoid them. The car breaks down. Uh, either way, there's there's a married couple. Meanwhile, an off-duty Los Angeles Police Department sergeant, Leo Barnes, although his name is not mentioned in the movie, that's Frank Grillo Crossbones in Captain America: The Winter Soldier, plans to purge. I won't say what, why, but he's going out there to do something. He's sitting alone in his apartment sort of gearing up and he's, you know, goes out gets into his like, you know, dark car and he's 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 on a mission, but he's not going to be wandering around the streets with a machete. He has a specific agenda. And he's basically the Punisher. And it made me wish that Frank Grillo actually hadn't been Crossbones, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, although he's brilliant in that. It's only a very, very small role. And now, thanks to Civil War, Crossbones aren't coming back. But the Punisher in Daredevil would have been very ably played by Frank Grillo. And I would have been magnetized to his performance. However, it's Shane from The Walking Dead. I don't like Shane, don't like watching him, didn't like him as the Punisher, still haven't finished Daredevil. He's out and about, driving around, he has a specific intention. He's got to do it before um, sun-up. The married couple uh, try to find a safe place, and uh, Eva and Kelly, the two, the um, mother and daughter...
2: Uh, Rico is Eva's father and Kelly's grandfather.
0: Okay. Well, Rico is now dead because the Trump family killed him. Eva and Kelly are attacked by the lecherous superintendent, Diego, whose relationship with Eva was once rejected in the past. But he's gunned down by a paramilitary platoon who capture the women to offer to their leader, Big Daddy, for his own personal purge. Okay, so Big Daddy is this just rich fuck who drives around in a truck with a minigun on it, and he's got this, like, um, squad of guys who go find him people to, to purge. Um, and Big Daddy's the one who's sort of like hounding and harassing people throughout the movie.
2: Is that one of the government death squads that they talked about?
0: Basically, it would appear so. Right, that's okay. That's a bit for the end, but yeah. Sorry. Um... Anyway, Frank Grillo, uh, Leo, arrives and rescues um, the married couple and Eva and Callie after killing the troops and wounding Big Daddy. They navigate their way through the hostile streets and reach um, a friend of Eva's, I think, Tanya's flat. Then they learn there's no car and Tanya's family take them in. And there's a bit of peace here. It's like they just sit around doing the, the American thing of just not purging, not going outside. It's super dangerous. There's a lot of, like, good luck before like before sundown it's all so much very like good luck to each other you know uh, stay safe mm. um and there's a sort of you know like government warning and god be with us all which always seems very disingenuous but the kind of thing that would happen uh, but yeah so it, it all seems okay but then um Tanya's sister Lorraine proceeds to murder her for sleeping with her husband she just comes out of the bedroom after a little bit of an argument guns her down and the group leave the family to their fate, only to be captured by a masked gang who take them to a theatre where... Uh, so, basically, this death squad has been sort of hounding them around, uh, catch them, take them to a theatre where upper-class purges bid on them for human hunting. So, if you guys have seen The Most Dangerous Game... Not highlight The Most Dangerous Game or... Um,
2: hard Target. Hard
0: Target. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> what a film. Um, so, yeah, basically... If, if you're lucky enough to have seen Hard Target, you already know what this is going to be. And, in fact, Hard Target's not a million miles off this. It's just that there's only one squad in Hard Target, and in the purge, it's everybody. Mm. Or everybody on the streets. Like, what, the 1% of fucking crazy people. Uh, hang on. You don't like it when I say crazy. Because it's an insult to people who are actually mentally affected. Same as we shouldn't call Trump crazy. Um, okay. Very, very naturally violent people who want to murder. like What's a good word for that? Hmm, I don't
1: people know. People
0: who just have to commit violence and just yeah. want to and love to commit violence and they finally got the excuse. What, what could we call these people? What is a, a nice word to call that? I'm, I'm staring, staving off calling, using the term politically correct because I hate using the term politically correct.
2: Pathologically aggressive?
0: Pathologically aggressive, will do. Although actually Frank Grillo used the term. I'm not, I'm not as PC as she is and in punch <laughs> three. Mm. So anyway, in the purging arena, Leo fights back, killing the hunters, which is very satisfying. Witnessing this, the host purger calls for backup. Security forces swarm the chamber and kill Shane. That's the uh, the husband of this married couple. Suddenly, the anti-purge group, led by Carmelo and the stranger from the first film, Dwayne Bishop, invade the arena. That's why he figures into this film. And then they kill more of the purging team. Liz chooses, that's the wife of the married couple, chooses to join the anti-purge group to avenge Shane's death by purging, while the others leave, <laughs> this is the thing, like, there, there is a huge gap in this second one, which is then uh, addressed in the third one, while the others leave, the sergeant, Leo, hijacks the host purges car, and threatens her before leaving, the sergeant, Eva and Callie, now this is where it comes to its emotional head, drive, because this is what Leo wanted to do all along, so basically he's been protecting these two girls, um, that with the mother and the daughter the whole t- whole night, and now he's finally going to do what he needed to do. He drives up to a suburban neighbourhood and stops in at the home of Warren Grass. He has uh, found out his um, entry code, and so he gets in through the shutter. So it's kind of a reversal of the um, uh, original film, but only insofar as, like, if you know what happened in the original film, you go, oh, so it's kind of like that, but he's got a personal vendetta rather than just, there's a bum in here that i got to kill. He reveals that Warren Grass killed his son... On a completely non-purge day whilst driving under the influence, but was acquitted on legal technicalities. Despite Callie begging him not to go in to seek his revenge, Leo ventures into the house and there's a really tense bedroom scene where he basically sort of wakes him up, sticks a gun in his face, you know, look at me, look at me, look at this this picture of my son. Now, Nicolas Cage would have fucking ruined this scene. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Imagine Nicolas Cage doing this yes, scene. I, like I, dribbling I don't and want screaming.
2: To. It would be horrible.
0: Or, you know. Frankly, if we're going to invoke the mighty face-off, John Travolta would have ruined this scene as well. Um, Frank Grillo does so well at this point. Basically, he is a—he's uh, uh, broken. He, you know, he's—he's he's just desperate to kill this man to just to seek some end to this pain he's going through. To to seek what he sees as justice. So that's why he works as Punisher. Um, The scene then cuts away, uh, and then Leo exits the house covered in blood, only to then be shot by Big Daddy, who reprimands the sergeant for trying to play the hero. Like, Big Daddy's tracked them there, and it's like the sun's coming up, and it's really, really close to finishing time, but Big Daddy's got him. While also revealing that the new founding fathers have secretly been dispatching death squads to increase the body count because the purge eliminates too few of the lower class. In other words... Most people just stay home. Only the what was it? Pathologically
4: pathologically
2: aggressive.
0: Pathologically <laughs> aggressive. We're going to call them that, PAS, if you will. Only the PAS are out there, uh, and and they're basically just killing each other more than anything else. You know, there's these, like sort of a nut. In the third one, a nutbag, slams his face against the truck and goes ah, and then fum, crossbow bolt in the head, because there is another PA just down the street going ah, a PA, and he's not looking where he's going so basically everyone's sort of running going, ah, blah, blah, and there's death squads just spicing it up a bit because there just aren't enough homeless and, uh, and you know poor people being killed to really make the numbers crunch mm. to make the purge worthwhile
2: well if the first one's to be believed then in actual fact all of the, uh, the middle class are going other killing, killing, each killing their neighbours because they don't like the fact they have a bigger house than them
0: We'd do it better in the UK. Uh, would you please all understand that you have to kill the homeless and uh, it, uh, it's better for everyone if we do? Uh, sorry, there's been slight delays. Um, that's terrible. Do <laughs> so I leave that in? <laughs> Just as Big Daddy is about to kill Sergeant Leo, Warren appears. The man that Leo was supposed to just have killed. And he kills Big Daddy, revealing that Leo had forgiven and spared him. As Big Daddy's death squad appears, sirens Blair to signal the end of the purge. Uh, Warren then drives Warren, the man who killed Leo's son, drives Eva, Callie, and the sergeant to the hospital, which they reach just in time as the news and police helicopters fly over the city. It says here, slightly devastated by the events of the evening.
2: That's Only the under- slightly. even in a decade.
0: So, yeah, that the man who killed his son basically saves his life um it is double toasted um Cory complained that this film is very predictable, and that the uh, um the, the the problem with it is it's it's got a stupid premise and it's very predictable as far as i'm concerned um it's I went in with very low expectations and was pleasantly surprised along the way and um <clears throat> Again, as Double Toasted said, it has B-movie sensibilities in the strictest sense of the term of the 1950s version, where you look to the thing for the political allegory and the social allegory, where it's actually saying, you know, the the B-movies were the ones tackling the real social issues, whereas the A-movies were all just Spartacus.
2: Yeah, well, it's the idea of of sort of doing that thing where you're trying to slip those messages to the masses. Yeah. And you do that in, you know chop-socky action or over-the-top gooey sci-fi or, um, you know, what appears to be low-end horror. But I think I can see where there would be um, fans of the original who would not be overly impressed with 2 because it's not a horror movie. (sighs) Because it's not what they would have gone in there expecting. Basically, the, the way... Yeah, right. I don't know.
0: Well, none of them are about sustained sadistic torture, really. Even the first one.
2: Mm, no, but I mean, horror isn't necessarily about sustained. No, sadistic there was torture.
0: a big spate of that with like which uh, sort of the Saw movies and Eli Roth stuff. Yeah. Basically, just like really stoking those flames, and it's actually sort of it
2: does seem it's to have declined off a, bit. a bit now. Yeah, we've gone back to the jump scares. Yeah. Um, but the the thing with the first one, maybe they is, just
0: hit peak horrible with like the last Saw films. Well, must have just been like
2: it's no good our audience is all emotionally dead we can't get them anymore
0: well yeah um, <laughs> pretty much
2: um, The um, with the first one as you rightly pointed out it's a very small scale story it's very personal but then it's not personal enough to actually be engaged
0: it's in. not personal we don't even know anyone's name. It's, it's personal I'm... in terms of it takes place in a, in a house yeah
2: it's in in terms of the fact that it's it involves small. one small set of people yeah and I Arse think they, they did exactly the right thing in going big and looking wider and um, you know giving you more people's stories and bringing them all together it's oh, not that, even... for a
0: start giving you likeable people's stories yeah
2: absolutely but I think the combination of having a number of people involved in both two and three is part of what really was works about it if two had just been frank grillo getting through the streets on his own it wouldn't have been anywhere near as good
0: because it would have been a power fantasy about a vigilante
2: yeah exactly and he probably would have had to shoot warren at the end because otherwise you wouldn't have felt like there was any kind of (sighs) accomplishment but it but the first one i mean Uh, you
0: could still do it with the same ending but ultimately uh, you know in that kind of scenario, he meets one woman, and that one woman tells him, don't go and do that. And, yeah. then, she, you know. and then
2: everybody rolls their eyes and goes, Oh no, that doesn't work.
0: But in that same scenario, usually <laughs> he dies at the end anyway. So mm,
2: yeah, But it's, it's, it goes from being effectively a horror movie to, as you say, action sci-fi, and I the way I felt about them is basically The Hunger Games for grown-ups.
0: <laughs> it's Halloween for grown-ups! It's the Hunger Games for grown-ups. Honestly, uh, that's not a bad comparison in terms of the fact that the government are organizing it. It takes it's a lot less straightforward organized than the Hunger Games. There's less pageantry to it. Yeah. Um, but, but it's
2: to keep the poor under control.
0: Yeah. The Halloween thing does actually stick, the amount of fucking costumes involved and there's people sort of like acting like dicks on the street and By like being very theatrical one, about it.
2: Yeah. But it's it's ultimately it's a it's an unhooked id. It's an id that's stoked up and, and wound up to the point where they'll go, and and I will talk about that when we talk about three, but I like the way they went with the visuals on three because I think that really underlines that theme. Hmm. Um, but the the first one is, I I don't know what the point of the first one is because of that lack of of individual motivation. The second one, you're looking more at the impact on society, and I think that's one of the essential differences between a horror and a sci-fi that are based around similar themes, is that a horror, if you're looking at these films and thinking, how would the purge affect me personally? How would I respond to it? And there is then horror in that of what it would do to you as a person, whether you would be attacked and killed or whether you would be caught up in the, the, uh, the fever pitch elements that, that drive people to then go out and commit horrendous acts because they know they can get away with it. That's horror. When you're looking at what the purge does to society, that's sci-fi.
0: Absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely. It's that the, that it's the broadening of scope that turns it into something else.
2: That's okay. why Invasion of the Body Snatchers is sci-fi, really, not a horror. Because yeah. it's looking at society, not impact on an individual. We need a
0: remake of that. The Purge 3 election year, released just now in the States some months ago. They held it back in the UK because of Brexit. They didn't want to give them ideas. I can't fucking believe I'm saying these words.
2: What? Right. Okay. That sounds like bollocks to me. That sounds like a bollocks reason to release it. To but not here would it. Here would be my question. Are you afraid that if you release it before the referendum, everybody will vote for Brexit? Or that everybody will vote against Brexit? Or are you just scared that they're all going to take to the streets and start killing each other?
0: Well, the only reason is the idea that they're they're thinking that people who go and watch The Purge are people who would like to purge. Mm. Whereas I actually think it's the other way around. Yeah. I think it's people who are horrified and fascinated with the idea um, but would definitely not be the pathologically violent aggressors hmm. because the people that those people in this movie do not come off sympathetically, you're yeah. not supposed to in any way identify with any of those people in any of these movies
2: yeah. I'm just trying to work out whether, from a financial perspective, the studio would have been do- would have done better after the pound plummeted, or worse, because <laughs> this was either a really good idea or a really bad idea.
0: <laughs> they would have done better releasing it the week before Brexit. the um, pound because the pound would, have, the been pound would have been more. stronger. Yeah, and uh, the amount of people sort of like thinking mutinous thoughts already would be going. I want to go and see The Purge. And Purge these mutinous thoughts by just watching a movie mm. rather than actually taking to the fucking streets because it's too hot.
2: Mm, indeed. <laughs> That's the other thing as well. That's why the first one doesn't work for me because it's catharsis with no context, and catharsis with no context doesn't work.
5: We played a lot of purge games this evening. We have just one more. It's called Mommy's Choice. Which one of you will survive this
1: year's purge?
2: The soul of our country is at stake. The Purge targets the poor and the innocent. The
1: Senator's going to win. She's going
5: to make real changes too.
2: It is a night that is defining our country. It's
5: time to do something about that, Senator.
2: The Purge has to come to an end.
5: You take a lot of risks, Senator.
2: I have to. I was the only one in my family to survive.
0: <laughs> want me to apply for this position? I almost did something on Purge some years back. I want this night gone. I want men in all these rooms we got eyes and ears on
3: everything all right let's begin
2: this is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge at the siren all crime
3: including murder will be legal for 12 hours your government thanks you for
2: your participation
4: Someone betrayed us. This is not a drill.
1: We are on our own.
4: We have one goal right now. Survival. Blessed be America for letting us purge and cleanse our souls. Join me as we eliminate
1: evil. I'm so, yeah. sick
0: Purge 3 Election Year cost 10 million. uh, 1 million less than the first one. They made that million work. They made that 10 million work for them. It seems like a much higher budget movie. Currently at 105 million and 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. So critically uh, uh, it's ever so slightly worse than the second one. I actually think it's a better film. But uh, you know, the second one's great. Yeah, I'm gonna say great. Mm. Second one's very good, and the third one's Very good, but ever so slightly more very good. They stop short of great. Neither of them go above uh, four. 17 years later, apparently in the year 2040, we flash back to the same year as the first movie, The Fifth Purge, and a family is being held captive by a masked torturer who then proceeds to kill all but one of them. We don't see this happen, but we flash forward. Again, they don't show The murders. This is the thing. Like it's, it's, I I went into the purge thinking that this is just going to be horrible, sustained torture, and it's actually it's like, no, let's turn the camera away. We don't see this happen, but we flash forward to the present present where the survivor, Charlie Rowan, is now a senator close to edging out the representative of the new founding fathers in the election. Her stance is to do away with the purge, so naturally, the crusty old white men decide that the twenty third purge is the best time to covert assassinate her. Meanwhile, Daly and convenience store owner Joe Dixon, that's Mike L.T. Williams, a uh, bubba in uh, Forest Gump, his assistant Marcos Daly and EMT Lainey Rucker, watch the debate while Joe and Lainey believe that the senator doesn't have a chance. Marcos states that she would win and make more changes. So, um, I mean, to put it in perspective, uh, uh, Joe is African-American and appears to be in his what, 50s. Marcos is Mexican. And Laney appears to be African-American and as well. So we're dealing with, you know, your basic working class America here. So these are the guys who are most victimized by the purge. On March 20th, the day before the purge, the NFFA revokes the purge rule that protects the ranking 10 government officials. Appearing to attempt to regain public favor, but actually it's a front to kill the senator charlie rowan joe marcos and laney confront a teenage shoplifter named kimmy who by the way is the biggest overactor of the whole series like she was like rolling her eyes and being super aggressive the whole time and like yeah motherfucker And, like, when she comes back, she is way worse.
2: Mm. Also, that's another argument about the whole welfare thing as well. When she comes back, she says she's already killed her mother and father that night. Did she? Yep. Now, she seems like a pretty young person. I would put her at probably about maybe 14, 15. Mm -hmm. Um, What about the kids that do that? Because the state is going to have to look after them.
0: No point. I suppose she could inherit whatever they... No, no,
2: no. I don't just mean in terms of money. They're gonna have to be. Um, how do you how do you deal with that? You've got a seriously messed up person there, but you can't put them in any kind of crime establishment or juvenile detention centre without center accepting because that if they the purge, did it on the is purge is Exactly.
0: Ah, uh, don't know. But does, she's does relatively the well off because.
2: Purge only to voters. Do you have to be eighteen? She's
0: relatively well off because she's wearing. They're like her and her friend are wearing like Japanese schoolgirl outfits. And um, I would assume from the fact that it's a uniform that she goes to a relatively well-off school. And when they come back, they've got like totally fucking blinged up...
2: Diamante rifles. Diamante
0: AK-47s.
2: <laughs> and their cars are all decked out with Christmas tree lights, which yeah. looks really awesome, actually.
0: So don't worry about it. Kimmy's going to be all right. No, she's not. Either way, she and her friend are both attempting to steal candy bars and so there's a, a tense confrontation. Like Anyway, later an enraged, Joe discovers that his purge insurance rates have been raised beyond his affordability, prompting him to stake out and guard his store. Luckily, her, so basically, like, everything for Joe is like, I've got to guard the store. This is all I've got. I've just got to... If the store goes down, I go down and I've got no insurance now because they just jacked up the rates, which is exactly what they would do. Mainly being not so that they can make money but so that they don't have to cover... The, uh, the stores that are obviously going to get completely fucked up But since the purge has been in effect for nearly two decades You'd think that this would be common knowledge by now So Joe wants to stay and guard his store And uh, when he does so His uh, friends come back to help him Because uh, they don't want him to be on his own
2: And that's what friends do Friends don't let friends out on Purge Night.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Back to Senator Rowan. Luckily, her securities chief is Leo from the second film. She decides to make a public statement by staying home on Purge Night rather than retreating to a secure fortress, like she's been advised. Uh, The guard squad they have posted is, however compromised from the inside and a SWAT team of white supremacists move in to take out Senator Rowan and Leo has to escape with her they end up crossing paths with Joe and his friends and there is a particularly satisfying moment where they're being shot at and the sort of falls to the ground starts shooting at a window far off with his pistol and then he goes dee, 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 on his phone and then the whole fucking room blows up because he left a giant suitcase bomb in there and it's that should be illegal, shouldn't it? That was a class four.
2: Yes, however...
0: You're breaking the law, Frank Grillo. Hang on,
2: no, because he is a member of a um, presidential candidate's security team.
0: Which means he's allowed. All kinds of exemptions.
2: Yeah, licenses for... Well, actually, I think still blowing up rooms is probably Mm. a bad idea. But it's her house.
0: There is a particularly satisfying moment when uh, these guys are... um, Okay, right. First off... I haven't mentioned this, but uh, they, they cross paths with Joe and his friends. These, like, horrible schoolgirls who've been shoplifting come back and they're like, I want my candy, motherfucker. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's... it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, and there's a guy out there, he says that in the movie, in case you didn't get it. He comes out and says, one girl's passing by, like, boo, you want a mask? And she's walking away, like, get the fuck away. But he's like, <laughs> why not? It's the birds. It's Halloween. For adults! <laughs> and he's all, it's just a dude on the street. <laughs> People even walking by there they're like, excuse me. <laughs> World's worst salesman right there. You know, there's a lot of overacting going on. But sometimes that overacting, man, sometimes that overacting is, is not a bad thing. There's a... The movie does work in a way where it makes you, you kind of think about what kind of person you would be in the purge because they got some characters that just talk so much shit you can it's it's satisfying to see people die oh like in predator yeah yeah except here some people just that's so these people are so evil so crazy and so vile you just want to see them get killed okay. man and it's so satisfying when they get it bad and then and sometimes they ain't even kill anybody yet they just talk a lot of shit there's one girl in the movie that girl right there she spends about 30 minutes in the movie just taunting some, some like the shop owner, uh, was Michael T. Michael yeah. T. Williams. She talking about, I want my candy bar, motherfucker, and I'm coming back for it. And every time she comes back, where my candy bar, you old cocksucker. I'm just like, get rid of this girl uh-huh. right here, man. There's motherfuckers that get shot in the face, they get maimed, and you just feel like, oh yeah, <laughs> that feels good. Purge, Martin, purge. See, maybe you would be out there. <laughs> yeah, that's what you think. You that the movie, I'm telling you, makes you think like, man, you know what? I because everybody think, you know what, if I was out there, I, I wouldn't do that shit. Or if you like you like me and you're like, no, nah, man, I'd be purging for good. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'd be out there, I'd be out there, I'd be the punisher myself. I would just be killing the assholes. Yeah, I'd yeah. do the world a favor. Meanwhile, your ass wouldn't last five minutes of a purge. <laughs> <laughs> you purge yourself. <laughs> you know what? I- you fall on your gun. Uh, I know. <laughs> Drop the gun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is where you get all the iconography of, like, you know, um, girls in masks and very short skirts with um, stockings and suspenders, just sort of like, you know, skipping down the street, swinging their guns around. There is so much of that in the. Like, it's. It, it's actually only about as much as there is in the Fast and Furious films in terms of...
2: It's, But it's not sexualised. However, if you look at the way they're dancing, the way they're dressed, if you take away the guns, they're out on a hen night. That is basically how they look. Yeah. And that's what I mean about it ramping up this idea of the id gone off the leash. Fucking
0: nuts, yeah. Oh, Am I allowed to say fucking nuts? No?
2: I said it's fine. It's fine. It is it fine matter. to say fucking nuts? It doesn't
0: matter. Okay. <laughs> so yeah these girls come back and they um they there was a moment during the tent standoff over the candy bar that uh, they turned to uh, Lainey and were like whoa, you're like the, well, they they give her a name which is basically the little death like, because apparently on Purge night, she just fucked people up. And uh, then Lainey comes back in to uh, save the day when they're about to sort of break into this store, you know, with, with buzz saws and their friends dressed as pigs. Lainey just sort of comes down the street, barreling down, just fucking runs everybody over in her EMT van. She's been out on the street helping people, basically doing the medical thing in the middle of a war zone. Uh, and uh, she has made it her civic duty to uh, perform acts of triage, basically.
2: Well, they call it, they call it the triage van. I, I was trying to piece together what exactly she was doing, hmm. um, and what it seems to be is they rescue people who don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Like they drive past a number of people who are quite obviously purging and into it. Yet they pick up that woman who shot her husband and, and freaking is out. regretting it. Yeah, um, I actually got the impression that they saved the husband, but because um, he was still alive when they arrived. But oh, maybe not. Um, and administering medical treatment where they can where they're not you know they're not walking into the middle of groups of people who are actively killing each other, but mm. if they find people injured on the side of the mm. road, then they stop and help them and, and take them somewhere safe.
0: basically one of the bravest things you can possibly do on this kind of night yeah. and-, and
2: they seem to also make a point of trying to keep people who um, who are caught up in it, but it's but the purging thing is not really them. Mm trying to keep them out of it. I like that um the bit where they they pick up a young guy who's been injured but wants them to patch him up so he can go back outside and, and continue purging. And like, and she nope. basically handcuffs him to the inside of the van so he can't go anywhere. Her
0: words are you make us look bad
2: mm.
0: speaking about their community. Um and he's confused and clearly, you know, is it out of his depth. But yeah, like I said, it is a it's a virtuous um da- straight up heroic thing that she's doing just driving around putting her own life uh, and her drivers at, at risk doing this. Uh, so when she turns up and runs over these horrible girls, and then just coldly shoots them down with a shotgun on the street where they lie like a fucking terminator, uh, it, it's—I mean—it's weird to watch because you're not supposed to be satisfied seeing death. You're supposed to be horrified. But these people are so fucking evil that you're like, right? The world just got one asshole lighter. I am was trying to hold on to my humanity and not take the slightest bit of pleasure in watching people die while uh, during this film but it's really really hard when they're set up as so unutterably villainous yes no mm. did you like did you go oh no poor Kimmy or did you
2: good lord no yeah. <laughs> no she was horrendous but it, I mean it's it's. Ultimately... I want
0: my candy bar
2: motherfucker this is, this is the the point of these is that they are not Although, yes, they have the social commentary and, yes, they are elevated um, sort of above the uh, the just out-and-out killing of the first one, they don't have that subtlety of there's people and you do get a few hints of the I- this idea that there are people who get caught up in this whole you know being drummed up to hurt each other by the purge and everything that it represents Yeah, and that the people are doing that on purpose because that's what they want they want everybody on the bottom rungs to take each other out yeah um but it's it's got to the point now by the third one where it's it's very obviously not just what the government perceives to be economic necessity anymore. By the time they get round to, to uh, taking out the the people in the church, it's pretty obvious that these people are fanatics. They actually believe it, at least some of them do. And they have become totally absorbed in the the mythos of what they have built up, that this is about... Um, you know, the it's idea, a grand
0: scale blood cult.
2: Yeah, exactly. That the, basically the, this idea that we are. Um, I think the way they refer it to it is we, we are beings of flesh and we have accepted that we have these murderous urges within us. And therefore, one day a year, that's literally what they think they're doing is purging themselves of the urge to kill right if you've purged yourself of the urge urge to kill it doesn't
0: come back next year why do you need to
2: do it again next year once it's done it's done
0: it's not purging it's wallowing
2: exactly you're
0: not purging yourself of red paint if you dive into a vat of red paint you're
2: feeding it by committing acts of aggression and, and violence you're feeding those urges you're not getting rid of them that's not how it works
0: and also like you're going out and absolutely needlessly killing to rid your like it's your sacrifice like in the jk rowling sense you're sacrificing parts of your soul every fucking time you do that mm-hmm. until like these fuckers in the cathedral they've all got like 16 horcruxes out there there's the nothing crutch. of them left
2: yeah, indeed um and that's I mean, the, the, the people, a lot of the people who are out doing the purging, you know, they've got the guy on the, the stump who's painted himself all in red and going, it's survival of the fittest! And I the am the fittest.
0: fittest! He reminded me of an uruk-hai, by the way.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: a berserker uruk-hai, in
2: um, But um But they, they do... Terry
0: Crews, to... is that you? Fact, we know you're the fittest. Right,
2: okay. I haven't said this to you yet. Mm-hmm. But I was sat there and I think, I thought... I know exactly why Alex has told me to come out and watch this. Because by God, this reminds me of Arlington. But the the idea that, that you've got people who are out there embracing it and enjoying it... And it's okay to dispatch those people because they are clearly not safe to be around people. So there is a very definite divide between the people who you would want to save a handful of whom are involved in the purging and the people who are completely embracing the purge and they're dangerous fuckers and we don't want them around.
0: In the meantime, a bunch of uh, South Africans have uh, come to America to uh, take part in the murder tourism. Um, They're... Yep.
2: They were from various different countries and the guy who spoke to the cameraman was German.
0: Was he? Because he really sounded South African.
2: Okay. Sorry, I thought he was German. I
0: got a bit of Afrikaans back there. Okay. There are a bunch of people from all over the world, many different ethnicities, not all ethnicities like killing. Okay, so Leo and the senator, who he's been arguing with the whole way way through the film because she's very idealistic and somewhat naive, and she really, really believes that she can put an end to this and that there is goodness in people, um, but she puts herself in harm's way doing that. Uh, And then Jerry, Eleni, and Dawn, and Marcos are led to a hideout beneath... A hospital protected by anti-purge rebels oh i remember that bit they were driving in the emt van and then they get surrounded by uh um you know fucking scary black people and there's a whole like gang of these like sc- like they're all encased in shadows but then um joe whistles and then they whistle back and it's a crip whistle And as it turns out they're all just sort of like his his old um buddies and they were only hammering on the van so that they could get inside um, to, to like, get their wounded back to a, a a safe place. And as it turns out, the crypts are all good eggs as well, which is a nice sort of challenging of this whole fucking white class. Oh, white class, is that a thing? White middle class. Oh, my God, black people surrounded our car. They would try their breath smelled of beer and pretzled bread. Um. <laughs> Uh, but then uh, they, uh, yeah. Frank Grillo digs a tra- tracker bullet out of himself, and then they help to um, drop that on a pier. And there's a particularly satisfying moment where a bunch of white supremacists go, "Aha! We found!" Oh, it's just a tracker bullet. And they turn around, and the fucking might of the Crips are there with a the fucking firing range. And it's like they they may as well just go just before <laughs> they get shot to pieces. Uh, And there's this one, like, super white supremacist guy who actually was less cartoonish than that guy in, like, the super racist white supremacist guy in um, District 9. District
2: 9.
0: Who was just off his trolley. And indeed, uh, Charlton Copley playing the same guy in Elysium. It it would appear that uh, Neil Blomkamp has encountered this same guy over and over again. Hugh Jackman plays him in uh, the Robo Chappie. So, yeah, I was actually kind of... Almost weirded out by the fact that this like super white supremacist guy covered in tattoos was actually just pretty grave and businesslike about the mm. whole thing. Well
2: they're Mercs, aren't they? Then they're, they're actually, although they've all got white power stitched yeah. on the back of their jackets It's
0: just a weekend hobby for them. He's like, you know, most of the time I'm just like focusing this. on what I've been told to do.
2: Yeah, this doesn't appear to be so, in fact He I,
0: could have been a drooling, I just want to kill me some black people.
2: Yeah, but he has he has he'd probably line, say a
0: much worse word, of course. He has
2: this line, and I it just completely <laughs> threw me sideways, and it's when they've dropped off off hmm. um, Charlie at hmm. the church, and he says, "Right, okay. Um, oh, they're, they're tying her up, and one of them is being a little bit over enthusiastic." Yeah. It's, it's like it's we tiring.
0: were paid to deliver a gift wrap. Her,
2: yeah, right, okay. Let's go and find somewhere to sit this night out. And obviously, this is—they—they they don't want to be out on the streets. They're there because they've been paid to be.
0: Of course not, because there's people dressed like urukai out there.
2: <laughs> they would tear you to shreds.
0: Anyway, to shreds, you say. I do. They get to the. Um, uh, the the shelter and this is where the people who've been taken off the streets to, to safety are and this is basically um, the triage centre where they're treating the wounded and um, all the homeless who have nowhere else to go are there hiding not to put too fine a point on it it's the place where they go in demolition man and find Edgar Friendly <laughs> it's where all, all the uh, you know the, the poor and disaffected but actually ultimately good people are.
2: Well, it's the people who have gravitated towards wanting to help.
0: Oh my those god. Who are left out. Demolition Man is like after the purge, but after the purge has been, um, you know, rescinded. But like everybody's <laughs> no, still in the <laughs> Oh my god. I wonder if I could tie those together. <laughs> yeah. I'm not entirely sure when they're going to introduce the three seashells. Anyway, um,. They also meet the resistance there, and uh, Dwayne Bishop. Uh, that's the guy who was the the the, gu- the homeless black guy, the very first guy in the very first movie. He's there leading the resistance, and he's their leader. And they all, you know, um, want want to follow him to in the anti purge resistance. Um, and, uh, their plan tonight is actually to uh, to uh, perform a surgical strike on a cathedral, which uh, houses like a. Bunch of the NFFA, like the, the top dogs of the new founding fathers, all there, uh, specifically headed up by the uh, current presidential candidate going up against Rowan, um, this nutbag evangelist uh, named uh, Minister Edwidge Owens. Uh, crazy gaveling purge supporter who has the more more fanatical Americans dancing and gibbering to his tune. They actually even got in that kind of speaking in tongues thing later on in the movie, that kind of unsettling stuff. Um, However, Senator Rowan tries to dissuade them from going in and and trying to uh, assassinate him as she wants to win the election fair and square. And also, if he dies he becomes a martyr to the cause of the purge. So they're actually going to end up hurting themselves in their, in their desperation to end this.
2: Mm. Also, the Founding Fathers would have another person that they can push to the front and, and run against.
0: But like most of the Charlie. Founding Fathers were in that cathedral. Yeah. Well, in all seriousness, the, the idea should have been to just go in and kill absolutely fucking everyone there.
2: Rather than just assassinate one man.
0: Yeah, just massacre Who, them all.
2: weirdly enough, by the end... Looks to be the only guy who gets out of there alive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler warning, but... Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, 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 I just mean in terms of, you know, it's, it's the reverse of what they'd originally planned.
0: Yeah. Um, but that actually presented a really genuinely sort of troubling ethical equation, because the idea is that, you know, if you let these fuckers continue, they're going to carry on cheating. They're going to carry on trying to assassinate um, Rowan. They're going to carry on uh, gaming the system and encouraging the absolute worst in people. But it's the whole Charles Xavier thing of if we kill them, then we become just as bad as they are. But there doesn't appear to be any other, like, an option C. There's no kind of, let's totally discredit him. There's no kind of, you know, why don't we just kneecap the fucker? Um, Because then I suppose he'd be on TV going, look, they kneecapped me. Anyway... Uh Rowan is delivered to... Oh, wait, hang on. The ambulance... They are forced to flee as a death squad arrives and the pair meet up again with the ambulance. However, the ambulance... Because they were going back to Joe's shop because he was going to try and defend it again. And uh, However, the ambulance is rammed by Danziger, the white supremacist Merck leader, and uh, Senator Rowan is seized. Rowan is delivered to Owens at a midnight mass purge midnight purge mass in an NF this the cathedral a bunch of fucking creepy ass super rich white people sitting in the dark all going yes yes hallelujah as the uh reverend um the, the right honourable reverend stabs a drug addict in the chest repeated in like, oh yes it's so fucking healthy doing this mm.
2: um, that, that scene by the way I really like the way they set that up because what you said before about they they cut away for the um, the mm-hmm. violent killings that's the one where you actually see what's happening however they keep cutting back to Charlie who is utterly horrified mm. so you get right this is actually the natural reaction to be having to this
0: the actual stabbing is relatively, like, you don't get to see, like, spurts of crimson gore. And they mostly seem to focus on the, the frenzied stabbing motions uh, from a slight distance. And then the um, the the priest himself afterwards, who's just like a broken, trembling, gibbering wreck, just the, the process of doing that, mm. has fucked him up. Mm. Um,
2: the fuckest uppest.
0: And uh, the, again, like this is this like you know this is the reality of actually taking another human life. It's really traumatic. It's as traumatic as as uh, you know nearly being killed yourself. The the actual uh, it, it's something that people maybe never get over. And if this is what America has become, and the amount of people who would be. Um, in need of serious th- America's already in need of serious therapy without the purge collectively but with it I don't even know how they managed to function the other 364 days of the year the only explanation is that most of them are just at home hoping that things don't bust down their door and from the sounds of it they don't anyway so um, the, uh, the Warren's prepares to slit the senator's throat, and uh, the uh, the resistance invades the cathedral, and there's a huge fucking gunfight, and all of the bodyguards and Frank Grillo's there, and there's loads of people getting shot, and then they all go down into the uh, uh, the bottom of the crypt once the senator is uh, freed, and um, they've they've got her uh, her opponent there, the, the guy that who cannot be martyred, and so she warns. Um, Bishop. She warns Dwayne Bishop, this is the, again, the homeless guy from the first film, don't kill him. If you kill him, then, you know, we're no better than they are. We have to win this by not doing what they do, because ultimately we get absorbed by this. And I can't argue against that. I I see no way around it, ultimately, other than letting the fucker live. Mm. Because... Ultimately, politically and socially speaking, to deal with one's problems by killing them is deeply troubling. For a number of reasons. It does make me wonder as well what the punishments are, whether they're more severe for crimes the other 364 uh, days of the year. Because the idea being, you know, if you rob a liquor store, do you have the exact, exact same penalty or do the penalties get a lot harsher now because it's like look you had your night to rob the liquor store and you didn't take it so we're going to send you to jail for god knows how long because the amount of people in jail would take so much taxpayers money that all of that welfare is nullified uh, if that's if you're sending everyone to jail if you're executing everybody they're going to be killing so many poor people morning noon and night you don't even need the perch.
2: And effectively, if that was the case, then it it becomes like you're treating everybody like kids who has to go to bed at a particular set time and not eat any sweets for most of the year, but then on your birthday, go nuts, you can stay up all night and eat as much ice cream as you want. Yeah. Like I said, it gone rampant.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, there's, there's a lot of logistical stuff about how America is run, which obviously never gets answered in these incredibly focused um, films. Again could be explored later in films where they really look at an, another aspect of this it.
2: This was the scene, by the way, that really made me glad I'd seen the first one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Purely because it introduces uh, Dwayne originally. Mm-hmm. And it the, the bit where Charlie's talking to him through the door, and obviously you don't see his... You only see her. You don't see his process of, of coming to this conclusion until mm-hmm. he opens the door and lets Owens out. But because I knew that his history with the purge goes that far back and that he has had that horrendous experience um, because of these people who are are pushing this as a a way to sustain the country, it made that argument between the two of them, although, yes, on one level it's the political debate, it's also the personal. They've both been through something awful um, because of the purge. And she's. it almost seems like she's appealing to him on that basis. That you've been through something, try and be better than that. Try and, and not let that incident that happened so long ago guide your actions now.
0: This is some of my favourite uh, them- thematic um, hallmarks. Sort of turning up here, and it, again, it it, uh, it goes back to Leo's uh, can Leo's struggle at the end of the uh, second one. Um, there is a fi- basically just the idea of vengeance and the 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 continuous pull toward vengeance and the ability to not just wallow in vengeance. I don't necessarily need to be told the exact same story over and over again, but explorations of that. Are of interest to me? Um, there is a final attack from the white supremacist. Leo is wounded as he fights Danziger to the death, and a crazed pre and the crazed priest turns up again with a shotgun. He is dispatched by Joe, but he also fatally wounds Joe in doing so before succumbing to his injuries. Joe urges Rowan to win the election and tells Marcos and laney to take care of his store. so Michael T Williams dies. <laughs> On May 26th, two months after the purge, Rowan wins the presidency in a landslide. She takes Florida, which is, of course, the swing state. Mm -hmm. Uh, While Barnes continues. I think um, she's told that uh, she's got to get the old people, the the elders, you know, who are all in Florida. You know, you get the approval of them and that that really swings the deal. Um, It shouldn't be that fucking delicate but now we're talking about the uh, the the precariousness of american politics mm. it should not it should not be i i suppose the um, she sa- uh, was it in this that she basically says we have we should be having these no it was hillary hillary was saying uh, regarding the um, you know having bringing back the old republican party and the actual republicans who stood for something and weren't just nut jobs mm. Uh, or just like, you know, awful businessmen just constantly serving their own aims and just saying exactly what people wanted to hear and drumming up the absolute worst in people. We should have the debate we should continuously have the debate the pendulum should be swinging back and forth between conservatism and liberalism Mm. so that it doesn't swing too hard into one of them to create a weak weak system but But ultimately that the alt-right and their extreme like just that's just whack job shit which isn't conducive to debate of any kind
2: no it's not and and this i have to admit this bit with the with the map where they're doing the election count mm. this was the
0: i was like hang on there's a lot more blue I... than i I'm, norm- I'm used to seeing on right. these maps
2: two things about this first off the way that map was laid out made it look like it was really close and they actually talk about this earlier in the film that it is it it's like she gets this one state and it's going to swing it in her direction yeah. right If it's that close, and secondly, if she's been elected senator to her... Someone says that she wins by
0: a landslide.
2: If it was that close and she needed, like, one state was going to swing it, that's not exactly a landslide. But... Yeah. Maybe he meant it was a landslide in Florida. That would be fair enough. Um, But my point being, if it's that close... There should be an anti-purge candidate standing every time. There is clearly just less than half the country. You look at how many states are blue versus how many states are red. Yeah. Lots of people in America don't want the purge. Why is she the first anti-purge candidate that stood in 23 years? That doesn't make the goddamn sense.
0: I will show you 22 graves in our Cemetery.
2: <laughs> well, possibly so. Also, the other thing... They say at the beginning, she's running as an independent. Ah, That map's blue and red. Her states should not have been blue. She's not a Democrat. Ah,
0: that's unheard of as well. Anyway, so, um, Leo Barnes continues his service as her chief of security and is later presumably promoted to head of Rowan's secret service. Marcos and Laney that's inference, um, Marcos and Lenny renovate the store and continue to run it in Joe's honour while they watch the news of Rowan's victory in another report indicating that outlawing the purge has become Rowan's top priority. As the film ends with Marcos looking at an American flag hanging outside the store, the news report states that many NFFA supporters have reacted to the election results with violent protests in the streets. Now, my prediction is that Trump's going to lose and there's going to be violent protests in the streets, so... This film's gonna be oddly prescient. I hope I'm wrong. If you go, ah, you know, you weren't right at all, I will go, I am so happy to not be right. Cause if I'm wrong, either Trump loses and there's very little repercussions of any kind of social disobedience, which he will actively encourage in a thinly veiled, oh, we should probably fuck this place up. And then when they ask him, he goes, I oh, was just being sarcastic. Or
2: We should have a purge. What, Donald? Sorry, I was what? just being sarcastic.
0: I just saw that film. It's, it's uh, There's a lot of sense in that film.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> or um, he's going to fucking win. And there's going to be this kind of shit. <laughs> okay, so... Talking points on this film. Why isn't it 2024? This is the first thing that struck me when I started reading the notes. Because everything about this suggests that it takes place a year after the second film. It takes place 17 years after the second film. That don't make no goddamn sense. Dwayne Bishop was already a veteran in the first movie. He should be a, at least 40 years old by now. And doesn't look it. He's th- The actor is 31... But, I mean, at the very least, he's 40. More likely, he's 50. They didn't even bother sticking age makeup on him. In fact, frankly, he looks younger in this third film than he did (laughs) in the first. He looked haggard and old, like that guy in um, uh, Hard Target. Leo should be nearly fucking 70. Frank Grillo's 51 years old. He was 51 in The Purge 2, which makes him 71 in this one. Unless he was playing a 31-year-old man who looks 51 in the second one. TVs, guns... Phones should all be very different to 20,40. It's too far a jump. Look at the technological advances from that's not even, that's not even 20 years. That's uh, 24 years. So 1992 to now. Compare your computer right now if you've even got a computer. like it's been phased out. Compare your laptop or your Tablet. iPad with your fucking Big Bertha computer from 1992, if you could even have one because computers were so expensive back then. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me with 2040? It's too far a jump. It seems like they just had to have it that the senator had a horrible situation in her past and had then made her life crusade to be to stop the purge. But couldn't it just have happened... On the first night of the purge, like if this, if this is the seventh purge, say, and it happened seven years ago, and her family were killed, and she was already a senator, but she's dedicated the last seven years to getting to where she is now. That better explains why there haven't been more candidates running for this. This is something that they fucked up so badly with that caption, they can't undo that you know Mm. they can't with with a hand waving the third one go Oh, did we say 18 years we meant uh, 8 years (laughs) (laughs)
2: 8
0: just scribble
2: out the one
0: (laughs) but they fucked it up now because that's so much time between 2 and 3 so much time and uh, like Dwayne Bishop's whole life throughout that period Mm. and he hasn't he hasn't advanced jack shit in in between that time it makes so much more sense that it goes over three years and that's it. Mm. Like every year, time you get a new purge, it's a new year. Or maybe two years each time. 18 years is a redonkulous jump.
2: You were absolutely right about the technology as well. That didn't occur to me in the slightest. But if their economy is booming, yeah, technology is going to advance.
0: If their economy is stagnating, I can imagine that their phones look about the same, if not a little bit worse than the phones we have now. Mm. But, but like I said, it all looks like now. got
2: children and men. Everything's going backwards. Yeah,
0: everything's going stagnant and the world's mm. decaying. But... In
2: which case, people are definitely standing up and going, hang on a minute, the purge clearly doesn't work. Where are all the
0: holograms? Where are all the holograms? <laughs> the other thing is that 18 years like, means if, if the country has only just come around to voting this, that's a hell of a long time mm. for a lot of people. You know, like, sure, this would be more like like the first year, the second year, the third year. By the fourth year, you can imagine the American public getting cheesed off enough to vote a different direction in the election. Mm. Uh, whoever runs on, I'm going to get rid of the purge, they're going to win no matter what. Like, maybe eight years at the outside. You go further than eight years, you are going into the realm of loopy space fantasy, no longer sci-fi. Mm.
2: And you've also potentially, if it's 18 years... Um, in fact it's 23 years in all isn't it since yeah. they introduced it because it was five so years you've after got, so yeah. so she's got voters to win over yeah who've always known the purge that was the thing about never Kimmy known any other way.
0: Kimmy is like what 15 16 uh, you know born within purge time yeah. so um, that just that like I can't ima- I don't understand why most kids are not nuts she's closing her eyes at this point and shaking her head no which usually <laughs> signals the end of the interview <laughs>
2: Oh sweetheart, I'm sorry. It, it's no, you're absolutely right. What you said about the um, the, there's no reason that many of the population are going to be suffering from trauma and all sorts of of various different mental
0: all kinds of PTSD. Jesus yeah. Christ, it's like a fucking war zone every yeah. year.
2: And and that's that's what these kids will have grown up with. That they live in a country that, get, that becomes a sanctioned war zone one day out of every year.
0: Still nobody's doing martial arts, apart from Leo and even Nitty, like, that's...
2: Can you imagine if your birthday was on Purge night?
0: Uh, my oh, birthday's my birthday's on Purge God. night, folks. You all want to come out for my party? Oh,
2: Lordy
0: okay I do want to mention the lighting in the because it struck me around about the middle around about the time when the uh, those uh, white supremacists came to a sticky end of the hands and guns of the Crips um, the lighting in this film because each purge film is shot at night by necessity, um, the third one was where they really stepped up. There's lots and lots of different ways of lighting. There's always a different kind of lighting on the actors' faces. It never descends into that murky shit where you can't see anything mm. in this third one. I think it was a bit murkier in the second one, but they've really stepped up their game in this third one. Yeah, it looks more really professional and well-polished ones. than the $11 million it took to make mm. Belize. Yeah.
2: Um, one particular uh, form of lighting that I thought was really creative... The drone. Oh, yeah. Basically, there's a point where Leo and Charlie are um, on the run from uh, Charlie's house and they're going through back streets and parks and it's pitch black. And for some reason, the group of uh, purged tourists who've come into the country have a homemade neon drone which is following them around which means that whenever that drone is near them you can see them where you wouldn't ordinarily be able to do so
0: mm. there's hard. no
2: reason for that drone to be in fact that's the only piece of, of um, advanced technology that's in the thing and
0: it looks about level with us right now we've got drones that are a bit like that mm. that that the tech thing is a big problem
2: yeah
0: because if we had um, like we were still using fucking cassette decks now since 1992 <laughs> and we were told that the economy was booming, I'd have some fucking questions. The murder tourism thing was another, like, it. it there are questions about the rest of the world. Like, Amer- the, the, the murder tourists come to America, dress up like Abraham Lincoln and Uncle Sam and the Statue of Liberty, and like, we love America, It is the best country, now we are going to kill you, ha ha ha, bleh! Um, and it's like basically being attacked by these uh, American Euro trash um like kind of like the the how possibly how Americans see outside i don't
2: know i'm not entirely certain how that works but the thing is aren't there restrict I, I could be completely wrong on this so please correct me if anybody knows the the facts on this but aren't there restrictions on basically um going on holiday to amsterdam in order to get high
0: um yeah, no, I we're dabbling in stuff we don't understand okay, here. Well,
2: that's fair enough, but it, it just in terms
0: of law, okay. aren't there restrictions on purges? It yeah, just,
2: yeah, but that's. They don't I tend mean. to it have just, them. It seems to me like the the um, the rest of the countries of the world will basically say to people, right? We know America has this purge day. Hmm. You ain't going to America on that day. That's not happening. Because we don't want you, who is clearly not a healthy person, who oh, want to point, travel yeah. all the way around the world to kill people, yeah. we
0: their don't own countries do that. would forbid it because yeah. they don't want that as a, an ideology. Absolutely, and there's never any suggestion that any other country apart from America is doing this purge. Mm. The ho- okay, right.
2: Very specifically, it's framed as a patriotic American act. Mm.
0: The, over and over again, the NFFA are... I mean, it's, you just squish those Fs together and it's an R. That's the NRA. Those are the guys who have the actual real-life senators uh, and representatives in their pockets mm. uh, with hefty campaign contributions, but I would also assume that they've also got... I don't like conspiracy theories, but the NRA have way too much fucking power. And when it when it comes down to gun control discussions. The moment there's a fucking shooting, we have the discussion again. And it's like, is this one going to be enough? And then the NRA dig their fucking heels in and go, no, it's our constitutional right. Again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And it gets pushed out again and again and again.
2: And that is just... the Okay, the fact that they have the... Balls to say, don't politicise this. People are dead. How dare you politicise this? Right, stop politicising all that money you keep giving to candidates then.
0: That Alex Jones motherfucker on. I know already, by the way, that certain listeners who uh, like my political ranting on uh, that one episode of uh, What's Up with Alex are going to enjoy me doing this liberal rant, but. Alex Jones, the nutbag, uh, like he's practically a shock jock uh, operating off of YouTube, actually had the temerity to say that nobody died at Sandy Hook and those children were all paid short actors. Uh,
3: Going back to Wolfgang W. Halbig, one of the top school safety experts in the country, who just looked at this and says the whole school's a cutout, it's completely staged, and you add all the other evidence to it, it's really overwhelming. How did they think they'd get away with something this big? this brazen, uh, this obvious. And I think it's been a bloody nose to them. And I saw national polls where a large group of people don't believe it, uh, videos all over the web with tens of millions of views, a piece in some cases showing the evidence. It's a hoax. Uh, I mean, I, I think this teaches them not, not to stage stuff.
0: Wow. How are you still on the air? Wow. You appalling creature. Anyway. Um, in England, watching the whole gun debate cycle go round and round and round every time there's a shooting, which is far too fucking often, we, we are now very aware of the pattern and we're kind of depressed by the fact that in England we have no guns And there's a lot less gun crime. In Australia, they had a lot of guns, then they dealt with the guns directly, and there was a lot less gun crime as a result. It is a straightforward one-to-one. Fewer guns in fewer hands equals fewer unnecessary deaths, if there's such a thing as a necessary death. Mm. It's so obvious and so clear and so manifestly linking one-to-one that to debate against it is pure... I mean, it's, it's not even madness... It's arguing
2: black's white.
0: black is white because if everybody else finds out that black is black, you're out of a huge amount of money that you're uh, used to, to to getting and you' I, I don't get I, but the NRA are, are tied in with the, all of the fucking firearms companies that make an enormous amount.
5: Previously, I went to Australia, where I learned that in 1996 their government enacted sweeping gun control laws. The result? Reduced gun violence and zero mass shootings. So are there any lessons for America here? Virginia gun advocate Philip Van Cleve has a clear
4: answer. We're not Australia. It's a very different culture different people, different everything.
5: Right, there's no similarity with Australia. Australia is a former British colony with a wild frontier that was tamed by brave men who also (laughs) wiped out almost an entire indigenous population. And we are not similar to that, right? Right. Right, because unlike Australia, we Americans know when the guns are taken away, tyranny inevitably follows.
4: The founding fathers knew that governments tend to grow uh, beyond their means, and in, in America, we're stepping in the direction of a police state. Is that really happening, Philip, or is that some
5: kind of crazy paranoia?
4: Uh, We have police. They're now wearing ninja suits, if you will. I mean, you don't even know they're police necessarily. They got the the black masks on and everything.
5: So, it really isn't crazy paranoia. You're justifiably frightened about ninja police.
4: Yeah, ninja police. Yes.
5: Yeah, ninja police.
4: Yes. The Second Amendment, you know, is, is sacrosanct. You hold
5: up this sign whenever I make a suggestion that you think is infringing upon your Second Amendment rights, okay? Okay. Assault weapons ban. Boom! There it is. Increased background checks. Really? Yes. Just for just for background checks.
4: We don't do background checks for the First Amendment. Okay,
5: so let's just try this one. Okay. Nice and easy. Sure. A mandatory one-hour waiting period if you buy a gun.
4: Why? Why mandatory? Are, are you f- kidding, a- kidding okay, me? Unless I could see a reason. No. I can't think of anything that I support because at the end of the day, none of it works.
5: Exactly, gun control does not work. What if, hypothetically speaking, what if gun control could work? Which obviously it can't, so we know that it won't, so that's not a problem, but what if it could due to that time that it did?
4: Okay, when, when was that? Australia. I guess if we're gonna go to Planet X and say it's not the United States, it's some, some other planet, different people, different everything, I don't know, yeah. You know. But in the real world with human beings, it's not going to work and gun control isn't going to work.
0: It was around about the period that guns became less necessary in the American home uh, and it became more about um, them being used as a leisure accessory. Then the gun uh, manufacturers started pushing towards it being more of your constitutional right, less about self-defense, more about you have a right, more about you should have this. And they kept pushing and pushing to the point where now, decades later, nearly a hundred years later, they introduced guns to the cities where they were previously—you know—guns were associated with crime, which became glamorized, and it became you want this gun. Mm. There's a certain level of fetishization and f- associating the the gun itself with the the natural right of freedom, which very few other countries actually do.
2: Mm. Well, I mean, it's you. Talk about the, the lack of, of guns in England and it's it's not even as if we don't have them, but the regulation that goes with it is so tight mm. That it it limits the ability to to act on that kind of, of impulse. You can have shotguns and and hunting weapons in this country, but they have to be licensed. Licensed number. Them they up. need
0: to basically know that you're not. You a used bag. to
2: be able to have handguns in this country, but there was an incident where they went. You know what? It's not worth it. No. It's not worth handguns being allowed if this is something that happens once again. And so they were banned.
0: Watching the argument of it's important that we have the AK forty seven for hunting. It's, it's <laughs> No, obviously it's not.
2: You will, I don't know whose quote this is, but you will never convince a man to understand something if his income depends on his not understanding it.
0: Bingo, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's one of the, the, the uh, subtexts of the these films, specifically two and three, that is pushed over and over again. The idea that the, uh, the new founding fathers are kind of a mutated version of the NRA and they're drumming up the absolute worst in Americans and specifically bolstering... Every aspect of their uh, ego and every, like, just pressing on the nasty button by telling them that it is their right. Mm,
2: yeah. And then they. tying inject... it to
0: God to make it their divine right.
2: Exactly. I was just going to say the, the element of evangelical religion that they have brought in with three specifically is, um, is also underlines it quite strongly.
0: The idea being that even questioning those rights is somehow an impingement on uh, freedoms means that. There should never be any questioning of even the most atrocious of acts, which is a, I mean, manifestly, statistically, scientifically provable bad idea.
2: Yeah. You can't debate this or you deserve to be shot. Is a brilliant way to shut down any possible opposition that you might ever have to face.
0: Mm. Um, Now that we've lost all the super cons. um... (laughs) (laughs) Like
2: they were even here in the first place.
0: I know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the expansion out uh, over the series has been extremely um, fascinating to watch. The uh, you know it's it's it started with, I mean we we didn't see the first one until last night, but watching two it was like ah, oh, not knowing what I know about the first one this is actually not at all like that. And that's... It was
2: very much not what I was expecting.
0: Yeah. And then when you go back to one, it's exactly what you're expecting. And, and then uh, you go to three and it's like, yeah, no, this is actually, it started very, very small. And I would say personal, but it's not. Uh, and then it gets to a larger sort of you know, in inner city scenario. And then it gets to an even larger kind of like national scenario. So really there's there's a variety of different ways they could take it. In in the next one, but ultimately, if they make it that it follows on directly after this and they haven't managed to get rid of the purge or that the purge is now illegal, but there are certain people who will still try to purge. That's an interesting way. Or they could do something that's set between the ridiculously monumental 18-year period, which has been unexplored at the moment. But we know that there could be no progress in the grander scale, so all they're really doing is marking time on the vine, which has already been measured at the top. Um, Deeper talking points. Whose nightmare is this? Considering what we've been talking about. Um, is it a liberal's nightmare? Is it uh, the I, middle class nightmare? Is it the working class nightmare? Is it anybody with any sense of compassion's nightmare?
2: It, this is what makes me question whether you can describe them as horror movies because it doesn't really you seem can't. like...
0: Well, the, the first one, yes, you can, but the, the, what was your thing on on the... Like, if you, if you want to expand on the whole journeying inside the, yourself when it's actually about the world well
2: a, a horror as you say whose nightmare is this applies absolutely to a horror um because a, a nightmare is something that throws up for you what you are deeply deeply afraid of um, and a horror movie if it's a if it's a really really good one will throw up some very deep personal fears However, we've spoken before about the idea that film is like the the subconscious of a culture, Um, not just individuals, and and a successful film will address the subconscious either desires or fears, and often those two are, are kind of woven together, of a mass of people rather than just individual ones. But you still need that personal connection i think particularly for a horror film it has to say something to you about you if it's not your personal nightmare it won't work and that's i mean i find it really difficult to watch a lot of horror movies more than once because if they hold any fear for me at all when i watch them the first time that's gone by the time i watch it again
0: Mm. it's got to have something more
2: yeah exactly um Either because it's something like the Babadook, where it's something that I'm afraid of and going back to over and over and over again, or uh, because it's something that is uh, so deeply informative to me that it's worth contemplating even when the, the fear has been taken out of it. Um, but for something to be to, to address the fears of a society. And a, caution- a cautionary tale for a society rather than for an individual—that's not really horror anymore.
0: These horror- things have not yet come to pass, yes, exactly. but they may. But they are rich movies. in irony movies- and most satirical.
2: <laughs> horror movies are, are cautionary tales too, but horror movies are stay out of the woods. What this is is don't cut the woods down.
0: Or more specifically, or don't do vote fuckers this. like this in because this will happen.
2: Yeah, it's it's addressing issues of uh, wider social change and social concern, and it's more to the point things that could possibly happen. A horror movie is usually um, very metaphorical. Mm-hmm. This is a bit too real. Yeah to be a horror movie and I know we've said before about that it's the mundanity of horror movies that make them work but the point is they take a mundane setting and they bring you a metaphorical or a metaphysical thing to be afraid of a ghost or a monster or a, a I know there's the vogue for the psychopathic serial killer trope but that doesn't that's not something that you really need to be afraid of it's what that's representing that you need to be afraid of but what they seem to be cautioning against here is, like, guys, this could happen. Mm. Like, obviously not this exactly.
0: But well an erosion of humanity could definitely absolutely. happen it, it's a, it's an it allegory it's happening
2: for, already that that what Marcus says about
0: 1984 it, couldn't wouldn't necessarily happen exactly like it no, did I mean, but something
2: it, like it actually did exactly the political concerns and the idea of being watched all the time that very definitely happened and there's a there's a line that Marcus comes out with near the near the beginning where he he basically says he came from Mexico City seven years ago um, and where he lived everybody was controlled by the cartels and he says basically where I'm from every day is perch night it's it, it's something that there are people who are afraid of being gunned down on the street mm. most of their lives, they exist in the world right now.
0: Double toasted th- found that racially crass or ignorant um, uh, but Cartel-ruled Mexico is a war zone. It's fucking horrible. But it's written from the point of view of James DeMonico, who is white and clearly has uh, is very socially minded. Uh, he may not be the sharpest uh, social allegory writer, and a lot of the uh, strokes, the brushes with are extremely broad. But he's very pro-African American. He's very pro-Hispanic. He's very pro-Asian. Uh, Pro-working class. Pro the poverty stricken the homeless very compassionate in that regard very few i can't think of a single time when i was like oh that's just beyond the pale of um uh, you know uh, marking a specific ethnic group that are normally demonized by society as being just that bad he goes out of his way to make the crips seem more human than the white Middle-class people. In fact, if anything, he hates white people <laughs> because there's uh, yeah, most of the uh, the people in the in the second and third films. I mean, yeah, white people don't, if, and including the first, actually, white people do not come off well in these films. Well,
2: it's it's anti-one percenter.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Basically, anybody who has way more than they need and is going out of their way to make sure that that situation doesn't change. They're the people who are being, uh, you know, having the, the black mirror held up to them in this.
0: Basically, uh, white people in these films are either um, sneering businessmen out of uh, the, the smoking man's room in The X Files, uh, or they're screaming victims like the married couple in the second one, um, or the, uh, the family in the first one, or they're Frank Grillo mm. <laughs> kicking wholesale ass. Uh, or, Charlie or, or Charlie, who is actually, uh, um, you know, while she's a naive and idealistic, is, uh, you know, is, is, is brave as shit for basically, you know, putting herself on the line for her standards and her, uh, for, for the greater good. It's basically the birth of a nation, but reversed. That's the original D.W. Griffith birth of a nation, not the new Oscar nominated birth of a nation. In terms of the idea that the KKK come breaking into your house and they're all these drooling fucking psychopaths and they're chasing you round and round the same table over and over again. I'm not wrong on that, by the way. The, you know, the, 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 the white aggressors in these films are cartoonishly evil in the way that D.W. Griffith made black people cartoonishly evil in his awful fucking films. And as I said, it's also refreshing that, and you don't really feel it until you really think back, uh, but it mostly shies away from dwelling on protracted scenes of physical torture. Terrible things happen, but the focus is on the mental struggle of these uh, protagonists. That's why it's less of a horror movie and more a social allegory. It's, it's not about, oh look at this groovy horrible thing happening. In fact, the thing that made me wince the most was Frank Grillo digging a bullet out of himself whilst everyone else stood around him going, "ooh."
2: See, the, the people that were sat next to me were really cringing at that as well, and it didn't bother me in the slightest. You have I no problem have with surgery. No, I don't. Hmm. <laughs> but the whole country's got a fucked up mentality, man.
3: We all got a gang mentality. Republicans are fucking idiots, and Democrats are fucking idiots, and conservatives are idiots, and liberals are idiots, and any, anyone that makes up their mind before they hit an issue is a fucking fool, okay?
1: Everybody, no, no, hold up. Everybody's so busy wanting to be down with a gang. I'm a conservative, I'm a liberal, I'm a conservative. It's bullshit.
3: Be a fucking Person, listen, let it swirl around your head, then form your opinion. No normal, decent person is one thing, okay? I got some shit I'm conservative about, I got some shit I'm liberal about. Crime, I'm conservative.
5: Prostitution, I'm liberal.
0: (laughs) Uh, Another thing I've got to mention is the importance of masks. Uh, the, the kids in the first one, and most of them were wearing masks, but the leader, Chastasius, was not. He was just grinning into the camera over and over again. And isn't the whole point of this to wear the mask so that then you can walk about on the street for the other 364 days and no one knows it was you?
2: That's how you do it. You feel you remove the possibility of consequences. Like
0: there's... You know that's the whole point of anonymous is that they feel that they're you know statistically speaking at least one member of anonymous is listening right now but I'm assuming that they would nod their head and go yeah the whole point is you wear the mask you you're part of this secret cadre and um, you you aren't accountable for your, for your actions yeah. I think it's possible chastasis was just like I'm a fucking kill every single one of you I'm going to ruddy well kill all of you
2: <laughs> that's and likely.
0: so I don't have to wear my mask but
2: yeah I mean if you <laughs> um, if right. he'd actually
0: said that like you know if, if Ethan Hawke was like hang on a second you're not wearing your mask and, and he'd been yeah because I don't expect to ever have to explain to you on the street if I ever meet you because I'm not gonna mm. that would have been a chilling scene but, but no it wasn't
2: you're absolutely right because if say for example you decided to go out and loot a shop in your neighbourhood and mm-hmm. you weren't wearing a mask mm-hmm. what do you think that's going to happen next week when you try and buy something from that very shop do you think they're going to say of course sir here you are or do you think they're going to say out I am not serving you
0: oh oh, look there's a fly on your collar I'll shoot it off for you
2: Oh,
0: oh whoops I accidentally shot him but I do have fucking camera evidence that he was there on purge night I don't know fucking or that the shopkeeper will just very patiently wait until next purge night and then come find your ass yes However, if we want to go super deep on this, and there isn't that much depth to them beyond what we've already discussed, but it appears to be the recurring theme of the dichotomy of the essential evil of mankind versus the central good of mankind. And it would appear that most people tend to default to, I don't really want to go in either direction, I just want a quiet life, thank you very much, most people are Hufflepuff. Um, Enough people are super aggressive enough to be, to want to be out on the streets and commit a horrendous act. A lot of them, I'm assuming, are pressured into it or cajoled into it or lured into it, but maybe it doesn't come to them as naturally as the others. Mm.
2: Or drunk into it. I mean, it doesn't take a lot mm. to prime the lizard brain and push somebody out into a very, very threatening environment and say... Kill or be killed, dude. Mm. Off you go.
0: And uh, the the truly um, broken uh, and, and super aggressive seem to outnumber the truly brave who are out there trying to help people. From what we see of the numbers on the streets and the numbers actually, you know, the the actual um, the, the the super brave Gryffindors actually trying to, <laughs> um, you know, to oppose the purge by apparently purging purges. Um, the, the The people the AMts you know riding around and driving people to safety, the actual people who put their lives on the line when they don't have to because they can't live with themselves otherwise, mm.
2: but then you the, it's I a would, lot
0: my point is it's a lot harder to do that than it is to just go out and yeah perch.
2: absolutely and the the vast majority of people will form fall, fall somewhere in the middle of the scale, but see, I would argue that that's if if your argument is the split between the essential Um, brutality of humankind and the essential uh, compassion if you fall in a point where you just want to stay home and have a quiet life you're more leaning towards the compassion than you are towards the aggression you'd defend yourself if people came into your house but if you're not actually out on the street looking for people to hurt then you're not one of the Humankind is a brutal thing, and it's survival of the fittest. And let's all go outside and tear each other to pieces.
0: Honestly, I like to think of myself as extremely ethically upright, but if purge night's happening, I'm staying fucking home.
2: Yep, lock bar.
0: Because otherwise, it would be going looking for trouble. Yeah. I have t- ultimately too much to lose to uh, to be able to be that. I mean, I don't I don't have enough skills to be able to offer people to actually. And
2: ultimately, you you're putting yourself in harm's way as mm. well. As you say, you have to feel like you've got very little to lose to be Mm. willing to go out and do that, unless you're one of these rich people buying somebody to come to your house.
0: There's not really that much good you could do driving around at night during the purge, Mm. aside from doing what the uh, triage groups are doing, which is to basically get people to safety. Uh, There's things you could do off purge night by basically arranging for shelters for people to come to way ahead of time mm. and uh, like why wow, everyone bedding down on like March the 20th just to be absolutely certain and we're going to just wait this one out and just you know mm. that that's I it, there's never really any mention that that was going on but community it it shelters. seems like community shelters mm. Would be a thing And you know If you try to invade it In your fucking armoured car And like You're just beyond The worst of the worst
2: Why would you If there's people out On the streets That you can pick off One at a time Why would you go And seek an environment Where there are A group of people Who are ready to Mm. Protect each other And are likely As not armed It's, it's more harm... Again, you're putting yourself in more harm's way than makes sense. But no, what I was going to say was the they, they expressly say in the second one that it's actually the minority, very much the minority of people that want to go out and do this. Yeah, it, The government don't feel it's enough. They're having to um, uh, augment it with the death squads. Again, this doesn't fit with the idea that by the third one... It's, you know, the, the, they're voting in favour of the purge in every election. What makes far more sense is that the, the new founding fathers have done away with the idea of elections. Mm. They've been in power now for 23 years. You don't manage that without seriously messing up the system.
0: Hey, Charlie, you got the most votes in Florida. Too bad you lost. <laughs> um, but, however, the recurring theme throughout all the films, even the first one is the essential decency of people winning over the essential evil of people each each of these three has that seed of hope and it ends in a a moment of relief and the world is going to be a better place even the first one simply because Lena Headey's like no sit down and nobody purging anymore okay just shut the fuck up I will she's having none of it basically and if they'd developed her character she'd be a hero in that film Mm -hmm. simply for not even not kicking ass just for going no asses will be kicked in my house anymore that would have been a good ending but i mean they they, it's it's sort of that done but it's it's not warranted because she spends the rest of the time staggering around and blubbing but in two and in three hope trumps He's fucked that word, you know. Hope trounces despair. And that's my language. The ability to push through the darkest of clouds, because it is written from the standpoint that man is essentially good enough.
2: Nice phrasing.
0: In the, you know, (laughs) Dostoevsky. sense of the word whether you know or the Nietzschean sense of the word of you know whether mankind is essentially good or essentially evil I suppose the purge films posit that mankind is good enough to just about get through it that's why the whole 18 years thing doesn't make any sense Mm. because it makes much more sense that that would happen after 7 years or 5 years or 6 years or just you know enough time for people to go this is shit isn't it And that only a few people actually get their jollies on it. And that few people gets less and less every year because they keep... Fucking killing each other, mm.
2: and that, actually, and that's the,
0: ultimately what it ends up being. At the like for the last years, just like you know, the super mad aggressive people are out in the street with their "I'm going to be a survival nut," and the best way to survive is to directly walk into the most dangerous war zone with whatever weapon I've got.
2: Mm. Yeah, and that that phrase about being a good enough person—that's a, a very common phrase in um, in child development that you the idea of being a good enough parent because you can never be a perfect parent and in actual fact by striving to be a perfect parent you're probably going to do more damage than than not yeah. because you're aiming for perfection which you will never achieve so the idea basically is is just to work on being a good enough parent human whatever And that's all it takes. Be good enough, people, not to go out into the street and murder your neighbours. How's that? Can you manage that one?
0: Most of us can, it would appear.
2: (laughs) So it would appear, yeah.
0: Even in the worst of dystopian sci-fis, most people would rather stay home and have a cup of tea.
2: Hmm.
0: (sighs) You hinted earlier, and I've uh, jumped over that bit, uh, that you saw parallels between this and Arlington. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. What did you see? Because I immediately started seeing it. And I was like, "Okay, there's this, this, this and this.
2: okay, well, I started seeing it, of course, when they started discussing the tunnels under Washington, D.C. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Arlington, by the way, for the uninitiated folks, is the fourth of the New Century books that I'm uh, writing. It does, in fact, work as a great introduction to the series New Century. And it's available on Bandcamp and the Kindle Store.
2: Um, so, yeah, the idea of them uh, using the tunnels to uh, get in and out, uh, the fact that it involves... Um, see, now I can't say too much because I don't want to spoil Arlington.
0: Mm, imply.
2: The themes of uh, political... threat mm-hmm. and machinations... Um, and Leo
0: is and Butler and
2: Yeah, uh, Leo is a very aggressive version of super Butler. Super
0: aggressive Butler, but um, um <laughs>
2: uh,
0: and less fun, less sparkly-eyed. Yes. Um, um and uh Senator Rua, Rowan Rowan. And Senator Rowan is Sarah with mm-hmm. her ideology and seeing the best in people.
2: Yeah. Um and also the triage van is um
0: sorry. a certain vehicle. A
2: certain vehicle. And uh Laney in some ways, made me think of a certain driver of that certain vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought if you were casting that part, she Hmm. wouldn't be bad.
0: But I'm going to close out this uh, podcast by um, playing a bit from the, the riot scene in Arlington, because Washington is under supreme political stress and social upheaval, and eventually it breaks, and... I had never seen any of the Purge films when I wrote it, and you know, I, I didn't necessarily attribute the second Purge film, sure as shit, not the first. But this third one kind of made me feel like Washington on red alert, and um, there were just many moments when uh, the the two stories seemed to intersect, and ultimately, the Purge election year can't spend anywhere near enough time as as I do developing the characters laying down like because so much of Arlington is sort of laying down the groundwork for what's going to happen and then just breaking everything uh, once it finally reaches a peak it seems like well where's this going oh it's going there and then the whole fi- third act is just this you know hurtling roller coaster but if you take that the purge election year is all of that roller coaster, there's a lot of similarities. Ultimately the, the the two stories are trying to tell the same story, which is that people can be prone to shocking, appalling violence, but not all people, and that there are enough essentially good enough people to counter the genuinely terrible people mm.
2: also who
0: are who will if given the chance perform terrible acts
2: mm. and also if you work towards a, a greater improvement of circumstances for the people that that are around you mm. then you lift the pressure on them and make the possibility that they're going to descend into those acts of violence far less mm.
0: There is a unifying point uh, between the two pieces of work uh, in that both Arlington and I'm Gonna Put Money on the Purge, especially election year, uh, very much inspired by Bioshock Infinite. The uh, the iconography of all of these, uh, like the, the the whole founding fathers thing and the like, the super patriotic Americana. Uh, Just, you know, hideously twisted and people hiding behind the masks of anonymity whilst telling themselves that what they're doing is their civic patriotic duty. Mm. Uh, You know, just using, uh, hiding behind whatever rules they have carefully misinterpreted, allowing them to behave terribly to each other. Mm. That's in Bioshock Infinite. It's definitely in The Purge. And there's sure as hell elements of hiding behind American um, law. Uh, to avoid changing things for the better in Arlington so I'm going to play you out with a clip from Arlington and uh, the music of the incredible Chase Holfelder who was kind enough to allow me to use uh, his version of My Country Tis of Thee in Arlington we'll be back next week hopefully with something more pleasant than The Purge to talk about I have been Alex Shaw
2: I've been Sharon Shaw
0: and School's, school's Out, out.
4: The sounds of screaming could be heard on the wind. The road outside was flocked with people milling about in all directions. The crack of gunshots rang out. Thomas's brow furrowed visibly as Mr. Douglas retrieved and inspected a pocket watch.
3: Noon. I assume the verdict is
0: in. Raven continued. As the front of the crowd reaches uproar and swarms in on the clansmen. The men on horseback visibly panic, launching their mounts towards the road, only to be swallowed up in the wave of thrashing bodies and equine screams. The melee behind the front lines turns inwards, and everyone is fighting those next to them. Patches of color clash as the storm hits this living, heaving sea. Oil lamps are flung towards the windows of the courthouse, The police close in and push back the crowd. The coach with the four cops in it is surrounded and unable to move. It is at this time that some, down on the ground, become aware of the Wendigos. They come from every angle, swarming in with eerie coordination. Immediately, there are wrongs stacked upon wrongs. These creatures should not be here. The surrounding lands have been cleared. The nearest should be in Baltimore. Far worse, though, is that for all we know of them, they do not behave like this. They seek self-preservation and will hide in the shadows and pounce to pick off their prey. They dive in, biting and clawing. The crowd breaks apart and charges away from them in a mad dash, but more keep emerging from hiding spots. I cannot count how many there are, but while the humans outnumber the Wendigos, their self-control was already draining away. I spot one creature being killed messily with a sword. The spray catches three faces with mouths open in fright or ferocity, including the man holding the blade. It is the sight and smell of this blood. The infection it bears, and the certainty of barbarism it brings that drives the assembled crowd over the edge. I am powerless up on my roof. The savage is released.
1: Oh, say can you see By the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fights? O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare Bursting in air Gave proof through the night That a flag was still there Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet
0: And the news has just reached me of a Purge TV series. Take it away, David Bowie and Nine Inch Nails.